We have a new recruit joining us today. It's a human. Uh, why did we get saddled with something that weak? Ugh, we'll have to keep food for it around. Humans can't take pure hydrogen and use it for energy, can they? I heard humans get weak and tired from decrepitude long before they die. How can we count on something like that? Is it true that humans have no natural armor and take injuries from the smallest things? It's all true, but humans have something amazing. Something we've been stealing from their planet for years because it's just that good. Are you talking about their booze? Of course you are. Amazing that no other species from across the galaxy could divine such a wonderful thing to make time pass. Mom, are you okay? Mom! Come with me if you want to live. Theorizing that one could travel within their own lifetime, two old RP Gamer staff members stepped into the RPG Backtrack Time Accelerator and vanished. They woke to find themselves trapped in the past, playing and talking about computer and console RPGs from the 80s right up to yesteryear, driven by an unknown force to change history for the better. Their only guides on this journey are other staff and players from rpgamer.com who they meet to help record podcasts that only their audience can listen and hear. And so, Phil and Mike find themselves leaping from game to game, striving to put right gaming backlogs gone wrong, and hoping each time that their next recording will be the one that leads them home. Welcome to the RPG Backtrack. Here are your hosts, Phil Willis and Mike Minky. And welcome to RPG Backtrack, your favorite show where we talk about RPGs from the way back when, right up through yesteryear. I'm Phil Willis, and this is... Uh, sure, I must be Mike Minky. Can't be any other, but person right now. <laughs> it sounds so depressing. I know. It doesn't sound so excited. I've just been really tired all day. I mm. took a nice nap, but it wasn't enough. Mm. Trying to think of a way to segue that's not happening. Um, but don't uh, worry. Uh, okay. Uh, Sam and Scott probably did stuff for Canada Day. You can segue from that, I'm sure. How do you go Actually, from a nap to it. Canada Day? That was the best part. We actually didn't. We also napped and did yeah. things. Well, it was raining, so, you know. We had all throws your, your barbecue plants out the window, so we took a nap. Also, mm. old lady. Hmm. So, the only way I could think to segue properly was to say, don't worry, Mike, I've got some friends to help do the heavy lifting on tonight's show. Starting with Mr. Scott Walker. I hope Garrus Senpai notices me. Are you really still doing that joke? Yeah, it's a good joke. I'm sorry. And I'm, I'm Sam Martello. And I'm still what? doing my old jokes too. Sam Marshmallow! No, see, I introduced myself. Yeah, this time. and I didn't like it, so I kind of talked over <laughs> you. I love you too. 
Yay! Sort of. Maybe. We'll talk about this later. Hmm. And, la- and last but most certainly not least, Mr. Alex Emptier. Hello. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Yeah, being the one person who probably should have had a nap and sounds like I'm the only one who didn't. I know, isn't it like, you're across the pond, isn't it like 2am or midnight or something like that over there? No, 2am. 2am, sweet mercy. So uh, yeah, we're going to get this show on the road so you don't have to stay up all night. We are talking about Mass Effect 1 and all of its DLC and backtrack number 122, follow the Captain Shepard. So uh, yeah, we got a lot to talk about because this is a big, beefy, juicy game. So we're going to take a little break, Let's let you listen to some awesome soundtrack from the game and we'll be right back. returned we're ready to talk about mass effect <laughs> an action third person role-playing shooter this was developed by bioware published by microsoft game studios and ea this came out on the xbox 360 microsoft windows playstation 3 uh ios i don't i, I don't that's listed there for some reason we you what uh, andrew no, no, no. Is this like the whole series? Because I know there were some. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the whole that, series. Yeah, that's there. the whole series. We're just going to we're gonna try this again. <clears throat> Start over here. <laughs> Ma- Mass Effect on Mass- iOS? Really? Yeah, well, that's because later on, they're on Mass was... Effect 3. Yeah, there was. Uh... No, there, even before 2, there was like a little top down shooter thing where you oh, played yeah. uh, Lieutenant Boring Guy. Oh, Lieutenant, nobody gives a poop. <laughs> no one gives a crap. Uh, okay, let's try this again. Mass that Effect. That was Jacob, Sam. <laughs> I realize that. As the only Jacob fan here, I can still say that. Uh, Mass Effect, developed by Bioware. Nobody pub- loved Jacob. Nobody loved Jacob, no. Uh, published by Microsoft Game Studios and EA. This was uh, this was released on the Xbox 360, Microsoft Windows, and PlayStation 3. Originally coming out here in North America on November 20th, 2007. Wait, it and, did come out on PS3? Uh, yeah, as yeah, part of the uh, okay. Mass Effect Digital trilogy. Release. Yeah. It was very recent, like, yeah. what, last year? Yeah. Uh, uh, December 2012. Uh, okay, so yep. pretty close. December yeah. December 4, 2012. Well. Okay. Yeah. Last tax year. How about that? <laughs> and cool. it came out on Microsoft Windows May 28, 2008, uh, but, uh, and I didn't have an Xbox, uh, but uh, I waited until, like, a year ago and got the trilogy for, like, 20 bucks off of EA's Origin download service. So go figure. So People like Origin, I'm confused. It's not that I like it, but if you want the Mass Effect trilogy for twenty dollars, and you don't want, I guess I could have. Well, I could have got on PlayStation Three, but I don't think it's twenty bucks on the PlayStation Three. It, it might be one day, bit, dude. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Oh, well, better graphics on PC. Well, you know, I have to use Origin anyways because the wife is major into Sims. And they have that lock, stock, and barrel. Anywho. Really, the or- Origin's pretty inoffensive compared to Uplay. I just sort of have to sit yes. and wonder why it takes up twice as much RAM as Steam. No, you're absolutely right there, Scott. Uh, recently, I got suckered into Uplay when I bought uh, Child of Light. Did not realize that was I had been avoiding every Uplay game like the plague, but uh, did not read a small print when I bought that off of Steam. So uh, I finally bit the bullet, downloaded. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you're right. Origin is is a little less of, uh, offensive. But anywho, uh, so lots to talk about here with Mass Effect. We always like to start with the story. Who wants to dive into this beast? It is uh, the far-off future, um, and humanity has moved into space, and it's all cool and Star Trek-looking. Like, it's got a definite old-school uh, space opera feel to it. And for once, humanity, uh, they're, they're, they're just small players. They're, they're a bit part. They're, uh, you know, most, most of the galaxy is dominated by these crazy interstellar alien empires, and humanity's a new player trying to make their way, and... Um, You've, it focuses on uh, Commander Shepard of uh, no specific background, uh, ethnicity, or uh, gender, or e- even skill set beyond the fact that despite being the very best uh, the uh, space commando uh, Earth has to offer, can't really hit the broadside of a barn without having to kneel and just take a few seconds to aim because it's that kind of shooter RPG hybrid. And when uh, a bunch of crazy robots uh, turn a bunch of humans into zombies, tripping a adventure across the galaxy where you run around finding pieces of the Starforge. Uh, I mean, clues to why clues to what uh, the rogue super agent Saren is up to, which reveal a uh, giant Lovecraft- Lovecraftian space monster, which you shoot. Actually, you don't even shoot the Lovecraftian space monster. Uh, your 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 pilot does from his spaceship. 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 It is quite big. So, if he did shoot like it, it, would, it wouldn't be much. I like Saren the spaceship. He was an ugly spaceship, but I loved him anyways. I also like words and talking. So. <laughs> Boy, no, 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 we're not getting off the track here. Just just press forward. More story. Um, well, that, that's the big high-level thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you are you are a genera dude, as you are in uh, Bioware games. And, you know, uh, uh, you... Uh, excuse me? Genera dude. <laughs> or you are Jennifer Hale, who is the one and only true shepherd. So you can be genera dude. G- genera chick. No, 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 no. No. Jen Hale is made of perfection. She is not generic in the slightest. Oh, okay. You are not fighting me on this. Okay, so this this is sort of an emergent phenomena specific to Mass Effect where um, because it's fully voiced, uh, one of the, really the first Bioware game with a fully voiced protagonist, you have, uh, you know, we had this thing where one actor for the female characters was much, much better than uh, the actor for the male version of the character, which got a significant fandom and now it's RP Gamer policy to refer to Commander Shepard as she and generally assume renegade actions on her part because uh, angry voice Jen Hale is just so much fun. And Mark Muir is so boring. I love him. He's a nice person. He is really, really boring as Commander Shepard because everything is okay, Garrus. I will help you. 
Well, he sounds like a high school guidance counselor. <laughs> Especially in Mass Effect 2, which is nothing but field trips. <laughs> All right, kids, we're going to the uh, far parts of the galaxy. Hope you got the magic school bus ready. That uh, makes Joker the lizard, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> or Carlos. <laughs> wow. No, let's not have this conversation later. Wow. Oh my god. No, Matt, Matt. It is true, it is RP Gamer policy that Shepard is referred to as a she. So we will keep that up for this podcast. Yes. Because I don't know how many of you all played dudes, but every person I have talked to played a lady. Oops. I, I went. I, well, but, 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 but Shepard, it's a. It just. Uh, he, he I wasn't that RP Gamer when this came out, so I get a free pass. You, get a, you do get a free pass. You're also my favorite, so you get to sit in the corner and be favorite. So Yay. do I have to restart my game and play a, 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 sh- a she-shepherd? Yes, yes. You, you should go do that. Uh... And while you're at it, go and romance Caden for me because I didn't do that. Or just my, not. My shepherd had crazy lesbian romance and the amount of trauma she had, oh my lord. Trauma. You, you... You should save yourself for Garish Senpai. <laughs> oh, boy. You know what, Scott? Everybody wants to save themselves for Garrus because Garrus is a crazy bird man who is also Batman. Well, not that's in Mass Effect 2. In Mass Effect 1, he is Dirty Harry. Which is equally good. It's equally um, good. So you get awesome space companions. Garrus the Birdman, Tally the woman who can't take her helmet off because, Lord forbid, she's really cute under there, except for the part where she would explode if uh, she takes her helmet off. Liara, who is a crazy lesbian. And also Blue. Blue is really cool. Um, you have Caden, who is really boring. I appreciate his least, boringness but, more and more. <laughs> but at least has this crap together. You have Ashley, who is a racist and a xenophobe. Yeah, she, she seems to have some <laughs> issues when I talk to her. It's because yeah. she's a drama queen. She just, she's got and she's like... she's a racist. <laughs> yeah, she's got like a chip on her shoulder against anyone who's, you know, not not human. And then you have Rex, who is just awesome and a uh, giant frogman. Hey, Wreck-It Rex is what it's all about. <laughs> He's cool. Rex, he will wreck Rex it. Rex is the best. Anyone who kills Rex can't be my friend, so, you know, hopefully you didn't kill Rex. Anyone listening to the show who killed Rex, you're on notice. You can kill him? He's... At least, yes, you can kill him yeah. in the first game. The first game you have an option where it's like, Rex is all like, you can kill me, or you can headbutt him. I like the option of headbutts, because it means you're host. Boy, I'm not sure I'd survive a headbutt with him. Shepard did. Oh. You, yeah. you need to well, you, like... you are wearing a space helmet. Oh, okay, all right. Okay, all right. I got some protection there. That That makes sense. And and you have, you know, the shields that repel the bullets. I'm sure they can oh. handle a headbutt with Wreck-It Rex. With Wreck-It yeah, the shield just kicks it and protects your noggin, sure. Uh, I mean, you, those shields are gone, so don't headbutt him twice, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we all wished in the first game we could all make out with Tally. They didn't give us that because our options were basically, hey, go make out with Ashley, who is a racist. Go make out with Caden, who is boring. Or go make out with Liara, who jumps anything. Okay, so it wasn't just me who got that vibe from it. Okay, yeah. No, no. This, this is probably one of the weaker stables of characters uh, Bioware has put out just across the board, where you're like, oh yeah, 
Those, those are some people. I, I think I'm just going to hang out with Tally and Rex for now. Well, at least that's let's that's my bases covered. Look at this. If you think about it, the first game, yeah, the characterization is weak, but it gave us bigger and better things later on, like emergency well, induction port. Small, yes. I, I wouldn't say bigger and better things. I would say better things, maybe, but not necessarily bigger. Hello? Citadel so, in three. Dance party, baby daddy, best game ever. Jeez, Alex, you there, buddy? Hello, yeah. Alex, okay. <laughs> so did you have, before we go any further down this relationship, people, character hole, did you have any uh, additional thoughts regarding just the main plot and story of this first Mass Effect? Um, Not, so, um, not really, apart from I really enjoyed it, I think. It was a. I think it was a great way to start the trilogy, really. Now, uh, uh, this question is for all uh, three of y'all because uh, I've played some of it, but I have not gotten actually gotten through it. Um, is do the decisions you make uh, being a Bioware game? Do the decisions you make uh, uh, affect the plot, the main plot in any? Well, there, there's the fact that there's keeping Rex alive, which is important. <laughs> there was also murder Ashley or murder Caden in one plot point. Because there's a whole bit of, oh my god, there's a bomb in this area. One of you come with me, the other go deal with the bomb. And I was the idiot who killed Caden. Caden was less offensive. Realizing that keeping Ashley, that was like my biggest mistake. Because then she came back in Mass Effect 3, gave me a cold talk into, which then I proceeded to bitch slap her and tell her to go home. So I'm getting the impression that she doesn't actually grow i mean uh i guess we could get to it more in the character section did you want to say something alex yeah i think in terms of actual events it doesn't affect too much of what happens mm-hmm. overall like, but it, it feels you like get... you like your shepherd is a guy you created yeah there's just a ton of things will sort of happen to the characters i mean the actual story and what goes on in the main plot will, will always stay the same but sort of almost Almost everything on the periphery to that can be affected by what you do, and that and all those decisions carry on throughout the trilogy. So, and I, yeah, sorry, a little background noise there. So it's it's more the decisions you make are more character impact and peripheral. Is that what you said? Yeah. Mostly that. I mean, uh, yeah. like in the game, you're a space cop, and you get to play sort of more along the lines of. Uh, Basically, sort of the idealism versus cynicism approach to uh, how, how how that all works. Uh, well, something about Ashley there. So I'm getting the impression that Ashley doesn't develop as a character. Is she really this bad all the way through? Well, part yeah. of it is – well, in 2, she – her dialogue also had to do double duty for Cadence depending on how your choice – who you nuked in game 1 so there was so you had this weird hybrid Cashley thing happening, and then uh, in Mass Effect, then the in Mass Effect Three when they came back, um, that there was an opportunity to make one, uh, you know, to actually have individual dialogue for each, and then Three was all like, uh, let's make Ashley stupid and Caden, eh, just kind of Caden all over again. He's boring, but he's got his shit together. Yeah, I think she got a bit of character development if you aim at her, but. Not too much. No, it, it like it wasn't better. I'll say no, that. No, it was just, yeah. She had more, slightly more aspects, but still fairly one-dimensional. I think. <laughs> I, I wanted to airlock her so bad. So 
Let's talk about. Uh, so pick uh, what, what character you want to talk about. Let's talk about Seth Green. All right, yeah, go let's, ahead. Let's like talk him. about Seth Green. <laughs> yeah, Seth, Seth Green plays the pilot uh, Joker or Jeff Jeff Moreau, I think his real name is, but I don't think anyone ever calls him that in the game. Um, I think once once your yeah. yeah your EXO makes a point of calling him Miss you know Mister Monroe once, and then everyone's oh, like, true. yeah, just call me Joker. And I think I think the genius of it was that uh, you know you have Seth Rogen playing a character named Joker who Seth never Rogen, says anything Seth funny. Seth Green, not Rogen. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry, Seth Green. But he Don't never says it. anything particularly funny. Like he is not the comic relief sidekick of the whole thing, which is yeah, a nice break in type for him. Yeah, he just snarks his way through everything. <laughs> He also will talk to you about who you pick in for your sexual relations, which is kind of funny, too. It's like, oh, you're dealing with that person. Good luck. Or, oh, wasn't expecting you to pick that type. He likes to comment on that kind of stuff, too. Like, he'll, he'll comment on a lot of different decisions you make as well. Not just in the romantic sense. But that's the only thing I care about, because Mass Effect is totally a dating sim. <laughs> oh, jeez. As far as the fandom is concerned, yes. Hmm. So, uh... Okay, so who else? Liara, who is a crazy lesbian. Well, not really crazy. Like she she goes both ways, but it's more of if you play a lesbian and you keep her as your partner for, like, all the games, she's kind of cray and kind of a stalker, which I was afraid of because, you know, in the second game, I totally had sexy times with Jacob. And then she's like, oh, my God, you're a filthy cheater. I'm like, dude, you left me. To be shadow broker lady, screw you. And then, like, they had kinky, crazy, sexy times. And then in, and then in Mass Effect Three, she was still jealous. Still for jealous. the record, this for the record, we will also go in depth into two and three later in a different show. But for now, Sam's going to do this my, a lot. But in terms of my sexual escapades, Liara was cray, but she's a very good biotic, so I will always give her credit. Come on, Sam. You know this is all about Keith David. Oh, Keith David. Oh, dreamy side. You can talk about Keith David. I'll just sit here and dreamy side. So, so Keith David uh, voices uh, oh, Captain God. Anderson, who is your mentor guy for for the game, and he is stern and commanding and gives you advice. And then he just kind of fades into the background of the plot while you're running around in space doing space adventure stuff until the end when he starts headbutting dudes and taking command and, and mutinying against uh, politicians. So drinking. Awesomeness is measured in headbutts. That's how Rex deals with things. Also, there's Rex. He's a giant frogman who's awesome and basically is, like, the best bro in the world. He's a, he's a one of uh, the last of his kind, right? I mean, they're, they're kind of like a, a race that's dying out, right? Well, they're um, not necessarily dying yeah. out, but he is. But he definitely he he's sad about the state of his people. He also thinks his people are stupid most of the time too. Yeah, he he, he alternates between sad and angry about what about how dumb his people are. Well, it's something like their their pregnancies in nine nine percent and stillbirth, dead babies yeah, but- and as such. Yeah, yeah, but they yeah. have like a million babies. Yeah, but that's the thing is they are also still like that that was a that was a uh a disease introduced to the population to keep them from 
taking over everything ever mm. because they yeah. would do that because they breed like you know rabbits <laughs> normally Which would be bad news so like yeah you're losing 99% of uh of the of your potential children but you're still there, there's still a lot of opportunity to do so which is and, fantastical and i think something that uh, the mass effect 1 does really really well is, with its uh, companion npcs is that it kind of gives you the uh, the the each race's particular hat where you know you have um you know uh the the um the krogans are your sort of ter- stereotypical klingonish pl- proud warrior race guys and you have uh, the turians which are your uh, law and order and reasonable lists reasonableness people and then you have uh the the intelligentsia race uh from so uh the solarians and you have um god the uh the sort of hippie the, the space hippie blue chicks uh, in um god the the asari and eat the the player the character you get that represents that race is sort of the counter example that shows yeah no no there 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 is more to this race than the hat so you have Rex, who is just kind of pissed off and also a bit sad about the fact that everyone is are running around like Klingons when they can't afford to act like Klingons anymore. And you have Garrus, who is, uh, you know, dirty, hairy in space. And Liara, who is just sort of kind, of kind of a flustered, dippy academic who can also crush tanks with her brain. It's Which a weird awesome. disconnect. Like, it's a weird disconnect that never gets addressed. But you know what? Later in the they franchise, make... she's just competent, and you're like, okay. That's why in the first game, she is usually the best dating choice. She could crush me like a vice, and I'm kind of afraid of her. Also, her introduction was kind of weird in the first game. But she saves your life, so, you know, it's cool. Hmm. Hey, Especially but... when you get later on in the game, in the series, they really kind of show how hippy-dippy they are. <sighs> Wait till you meet Samara and her twins. Mmm, Samara. So, anybody else y'all want to talk about? Or... Well, we've got, no. um... Well, we, we do have... boring and Ashley's a racist. We don't need to talk about them. I, w- I was going to bring up the antagonists. Saren's cool. Well, I mean, you've got Miriana Sirtis. She's oh, cool. yeah. That's also cool. <laughs> well, yeah. It's been a while. All I care about is rat attach shooting. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, no, Sam. All you care about is the dating, Sam. Don't lie. Stop lying. You played this game uneasy. Yes, I did. I don't care. There, there's I'm something s- to be said for playing this game uneasy. <laughs> I told you. I just yeah. Want it's to shoot not. The it's for people who aren't cool people. enough to beat it on insanity. We'll talk about that in the combat section. <laughs> so, the, so, how many tell times me- did you play the first one, Sam? One time! I have only played the whole trilogy once. It is something I'm going to remedy and make different choices. And maybe be a dude, so then I can be all datey with Cortex in 3. Or Cortez in 3. So, I'm going to be a straight man turned gay by the end of it. Oh, what, what were your date options, Alex? <laughs> uh, uh, oh, I was Ashley in the first one. No, you can't Just, be uh, my favorite anymore! I like it. Yeah, but, <laughs> I it's, it's, it's done. How, how do you really feel, Sam? I loved you once. 
My heart is broken. Wow. This... It wasn't actually us. I got decent choices. This is starting to remind me of one of my interactions in Mass Effect. I'm going to go cry now. Oh, now see what you see what you did, Alex. Please you tell me at least you remedied. Sad. Please tell me you at least remedied Icky Ashley for something like Pally. Yeah, I'll do that later. Okay, you get partial credit, but you're on notice. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can live with that. You better. <laughs> See, I don't take this game seriously. I more care about who people date. Which still is a form of taking it seriously. According no! to the fandom. <laughs> yes. Yes. Ashley? Really? That's like dating Miranda. <laughs> well, you know, if you're someone who maybe not that I know anybody like this, but if uh, you decide to go look at an FAQ about the romance options and stuff, they, they kind of put Ashley at the top of the list, and uh, it could be something I could see somebody accidentally getting into. It's probably a bad plan. It's a cardboard box. She she's pretty. She's pretty. She's pretty vicious in my conversations with her. I mean, this is one of the cool one of the cool parts of the game is yes during in between your missions you get this wonderful opportunity to go back and talk with the crew members my favorite interactions were were speaking with rex and my least favorite what's that rex shepherd oh jeez shepherd shepherd yeah okay no stop it you're confusing me but yes ashley was like talking is i don't know just made me uncomfortable like i every time she said something along the lines of i hate aliens or you know whatever she said i i kept replacing in my head with my no other minority races in real life and it made me feel very uncomfortable <laughs> well and it just doesn't seem smart because rex is right there he has a yeah. shotgun <laughs> i just made a point of giving him the best shotgun ever <laughs> Why are you saying racist things next to the Krogan with the best shotgun? Oh, that's true. Yeah, he's he's he is within listening distance. I mean, he's just right there. Wow. Hmm. So, out of curiosity, before we go any further, so in the mission where you can choose to kill Ashley or kill Caden, I actually remember I wrote a very short-winded editorial about why those two dying means nothing to the series. Believe it or not. Um, like, did anyone feel sad when they killed Ashley off or Katen off? I wish I could uh, nuke Ashley twice. <laughs> yeah, I, I regret not being able to nuke Ashley twice. <laughs> In my defense, they did tell me to. <laughs> True. I'm just curious, because people like to talk about how there's often that little bit of regret when you make your choice, regardless of which character you pick. I don't know why, but I don't feel like I would have felt any regret on either of their parts. Uh, I think I did feel a bit, just because, I mean, it is one of your characters. I don't know, I I felt more sadness for the possibility of killing Rex. Like, I'm sorry, if if I was told I had to kill Rex, I would cry like a baby. Oh yeah, that and then would not just do be it. And the game Exactly, and then the game would be over and I wouldn't play it anymore. But, you know, I look at the death of, of Caden and Ashley and I'm just kind of like, okay, you died. I'm supposed to be sad because then they, like you get this whole like oh we should be sad because like they're totes dead and I'm thinking do people like the two of them enough that they would care? I mean most intelligent people saved Caden because at least he's got his shit together. He's boring. So boring racist. I mean I'm gonna keep coming back to this. 
it's a tough choice. I guess in the end, is is boring. <laughs> is boring. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it, it, and it kind of disappoints me. I guess it's a bit of a spoiler for me, but uh, who knows when I'll ever get through this uh, the way I play games. Uh, it is kind of disappointing that she doesn't seem, from, from listening to y'all, it doesn't seem like she actually evolves and grows as a character. No, she just actually gets more malicious as it goes on. Oh, like nice. part of Ashley's characterization, especially when you talk to her, is she constantly writes letters to back home to her sisters, and it's always about how uncomfortable she is and how she's not happy, and the aliens are looking at me funny, and they might hurt me. And you almost want to tell her, girl, either get off my ship or suck it up, Buttercup. <laughs> because seriously, like this is your job, suck it up. You don't like who you work with? Leave! At least Gaiden shuts his mouth and does his job. And tells you about his boring day. Like, he likes coffee. Um. Not really. Oh, I was going to say, well, what? Caden's the biotic and Ashley's the soldier, no, right? Caden Caden is the biotic tech hybrid, which means right. you need him for the tutorial zones of the game. Just so you have the full power suite available to you. Uh, but because he's the tech biotic hybrid class, he's pretty much useless after about level 10, so you don't use him. And then Ashley has the guns skill, except... In combat, except for the beginning. Guns are equally worthless. Ashley's a soldier, well, and Ashley's a soldier class, so, um, again, it depends what you have as your starting class. Ashley can either be really useful to you if you're not a soldier, but if you're a soldier character, which is what I played... Ashley is his tits on a bull. So, like, again, if you're playing a biotic, Ashley actually for the... See, no, because you get you, you, you get wrecks right away. So there there's your bases covered, because he will wreck things. So, no, Caden and Ashley are pretty useless. Um, especially because once you get Liara, she can replace Caden, right? Or once you get Tally, she would replace Caden, because they are better at biotics and tech. Again, like, the game is really great in the sense that you can um, mix and match who you want to have in your party. Like, there's no set option. There's no, you know, it's what you want, right? Like, Well, and it should be, but there's this weird thing where they're like, hey, let's make the achievements based on who you have with you. Well, for that first game, yeah. Yeah, well, that's the game we're talking about. So I'll mention that is that yeah it kind of re- the game implicitly rewards you for sticking with one party whether and so you 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 know I do get attached more to the specialists than especially in the first one compared to say Garrus who I didn't give a fair shake to the first time around because there wasn't enough of a reward in only having half the tech skill set true I don't know I was a chivo whore so I also stuck to one party I'm trying to even remember now who my party was. I know Rex was one, and I think Tally was the other. What about you, Alex? Um, I think I had Liara and probably Gareth. So, because Mass Effect is essentially a dating sim at its core, (laughs) what are the secrets for winning over the object of your desires? Um, Um, Pick the option on the upper left. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Pick, pick the obvious choice. I think. Come on. <laughs> it, it it is always the obvious choice, and not just that. You can't really paragon or renegade your love interest. 
Pick the option on the upper. Actually, no, it's upper right, right? For uh, yeah, upper right. Of it. Oh, and do yeah. max persuasion because that's just handy yeah. or intimidation. Either way, like either it's way. worth it. It's worth sort of eating the point loss in combat if, effectiveness to have that just so you can you know shout down the final boss and then still have to do half of that fight anyhow. Because that's really smart. So. Uh, choice is sort of a big part in the game. What choices did people make in the specific you know, ones? Like, did you save the council? Um, that's a lot of end game stuff, and I'm not sure if we want to go there yet, Bill. You know what? I need a list of the choices because I'm trying to remember them all. This the first is... game is so long ago. <laughs> I guess we probably should have reminded all of our listening audience, just in case this is the very first RPG backjack they've listened to, that yes, we. We spoil a lot as we talk about these games, and Mass Effect especially is going to be very juicy as far as the spoilers go, so um, you've been warned after we've already, of course, mentioned several um, of them. <laughs> well, to be fair, I think Bioware did um, spoil this one all the time in their promotion for Mass Effect 2, so... Yeah. I um, I got rid of the council. I actually rem- remember because I was like, you're all useless and dumb, and then I think I put Ambassador Dina, I think, as my... Uh, my so weapon. you replaced them with someone even more useless and dumb, is what yeah, you're, that... told, you're telling me. <laughs> I did it for shits and giggles, okay? He amused me, and I wanted Anderson to myself. Because Keith David, come on. Yeah, but then it does... But then you've got Udina trying to boss you around, and that's not... That's no good either, man. Actually, no, it is because you can tell him where to go, and he just kind of has a tail between his legs, and it's funny, which is what I did every time he was like, I don't like what you're doing. I'd be like, bitch, please. And then he just caved to, like, whatever I wanted, which was fantastic. So I I appreciated my choice. I don't remember what you did, Scott. You also had two complete playthroughs, so. And what did you do, Alex? And we can ask Scott afterwards, because he has two playthroughs. Uh, I, I saved the council because uh, I always play as a nice person. It seemed like the nice thing to do. Well, it, it's just too much fun to hang up on them when they second guess everything you do all the time, always. So it, it's easy just to be like, "Oh, I, I'm I'm sorry." Uh, driving through a space tunnel, click. <laughs> they they did seem to be a little on the micromanaging side of things. They, they're just tools. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I, think, right. actually, I, remember, I remember the other big choice. Did you punch the reporter? Yes! Well, yes! <laughs> Excellent. Because always, always. Anytime there was an option to punch a random person in the face, I take it. Because I would never do that in real life. There's paparazzi there the... in Mass Effect? Yes! Oh, yeah. There's face oh, yeah. paparazzi. It's awesome. The one in two is worse. Or is it two or is it three? It's the same person in every game. No, no, because there's also the other one I'm thinking of. The one that you can actually... Oh, it is three, where you can put them on the ship. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's three. That's That's a different space paparazzi. Journalist that nobody gave a care about. Um, I punched her, too. Also, so who who did you save... Or, sorry, who did you kill, Ashley or Caden? In Vimir. I I killed Caden because he told me to. I killed Caden also because he told me to. Also because, like, you know what? You're boring. I didn't realize at the time that Ashley was such a racist. Or I would have switched my decision. Because Sam doesn't talk... Because Sam is a, was a Bioware rookie and didn't know 
that after you do something, you be- go back to home base and talk to everyone because that's how you get rewards. It's true. I didn't know. And this guy's like, why aren't you talking to people? I'm like, I don't want to listen to what some of these bitches have to say. A renegade ship. Renegade. All right. And Nobody the, the other can... big one is whether or not you kill the alien queen, which is totally um, that whole riff. I am trying to remember. I. This is after you beat up Counselor Troy. Um, I think I let her live, I'm pretty sure. I just remember I gave her a stern talking to. I'd have had it if I wanted to buy a spider army. <laughs> There's also, this part of me that's just always like, you're a giant space spider that spits acid. You know what? I'm just gonna not. And push the button that crushes the space bug. Oh, wait. That's the choice time. No, I killed the space bug. I killed the space bug. Obviously, none of us killed Rex, because then we can't be friends right now. Right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Nope, my Rex well, is still dumb, alive. I might be dumb enough to pick Ashley, but I'm not dumb enough to kill Rex. <laughs> I love you, too. You would come back from the dead to wreck your shit. See, because we're still talking about choices. Where did your morality end up by the end of your playthrough? Uh, I was full Paragon, because I suck at being nasty to people. But you humans are all racist. Don't look at me. I played a good guy. Scott, I know you did both. Um, I was mostly dickface renegade, minus not killing Rex. That was my only paragon moment. I wanted I wanted bro fives and headbutts, so that's the one time I hit paragon. Every other time I was douche. Because Mad Gen Hale is awesome. So should we talk about something else like combat? Yeah, let's move on to the combat section. So this comes from an older school of uh, shooter RPG hybrids, where you know it is uh, you, you point your you you point the little circle in the general direction of what you want to die, which is equivalent to asking the game master if you hit after and then rolling the dice, because that's what you do, and it pisses everyone off, especially uh, the 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 cod kitties who really want to no scope sniper rifle run the whole game. <laughs> and then they're kind of not allowed. So let's uh, let, let's start first uh, by just giving a description of exactly how the combat system works. I mean, that was part of it. Yeah, point your gun and 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 it rolls a dice, and maybe maybe you actually hit, maybe you don't, even though the the enemy's right there in front of you. That's one aspect of it. What else? Well, you have your characters all have powers. Like you have you have two squaddies with you who might be able to also do something worthwhile, and you've kind of got the. Uh, the basic little Rainbow Six wheel of telling them where to go and what to shoot at, plus their power suites, which all operate on their own individual uh, recharge recharge uh, timers. Think think your hot bar and wow, but across an entire squad of uh, Tom Clancy dudes. Hmm. Fair enough. Sounds pretty good. Anybody else want to add to that description? Y'all happy with that? Well, biotics are awesome. <laughs> Mm. Biotics yeah, is in here. Pick a dude up and throw him. Oh, you're upsetting me? I pick you up and I throw you. Well, this this game has, you know, it, it uses the Havoc engine, and it decided that your characters with psychic powers would just use the Havoc engine as is, so you would create a point of gravity with a certain number of newtons, and uh, everything would get sucked into it. And by the end of the game, uh, you, you are awesome because... Uh, the, all those crates that are scattered around everywhere to duck behind, because this is a crate-based shooter. Uh, it, you know, those are physics objects, funnily enough, and you can throw them at other dudes now. 
And it's awesome. I kind of wish I played as a biotic. Next playthrough, totally doing biotic. You can also throw the tank guy, the, the tank robots around, and that is just so... That's so satisfying, especially um, the one section. The, the one section where you're trying to recruit Liara. You know, you're 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 hiding in terrible fear from the tank robot and the little hopper sniper robots bouncing around, doing your best and dying over and over again, and watching the same cutscene over and over after the same walk over and over. And then you you get to the end, and it's like, oh, there's a tank robot, crush. It's totally awesome. I mean, it doesn't beat having a giant robot in the later games, but that'll do Pig. That'll do. Okay. Well, um, so did y'all did y'all enjoy the combat? Um, as somebody who never plays shooters, or at least used to never play shooters. And shut up, you! Shut up nope. before you even open your mouth. Sam, no, we lost you. Yeah, we lost you. I didn't yeah. get to hear oh. your answer. <laughs> oh, I I thought I thought Scott was making fun of me. No. Usually you make fun of me. Okay, well I suck at sh- the shooty type bits, so that's why I played it on easy. Also because it was one of my first Western RPGs. Now I could probably do it on normal or probably not hard because I'm a wuss. But did uh, you enjoy it? Yes. No, like after I got used to it, like the biggest thing for me was just getting used to, you know not always kneecapping or hitting people in the privates mm. every time. Because, again, I played a soldier, um, which is basically your job is to kneecap people you know, and headshot them mm-hmm. and use your adrenaline rush for things. So I liked it. I liked it. I liked being able to kind of switch in between the tactics for the, uh, my party members on the fly. Um, I mean, it was kind of stupid of me, truthfully, to have rex in my party the whole time because i was a soldier rex is a soldier um but i kind of loved having the whole bash brothers mentality like you run in and scream party and then you kill all the dudes if anyone knows where that reference is from well i it's 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 not quite bash brothers because they aren't tag team well no because rex rex is mr charge up and smack the guy in the face and then shotgun the other dudes and then garris is just like I'm I'm going to stay here with my crazy rifle and continue no, no. to use a long-range sniper rifle from... Sweetie, I was referring to my Shepard and Rex. Oh. I, I didn't have Garrus. I never used Garrus in the first game, which was evil on my part, I know, because I had mostly Tally. Tally was my secondary character. Tally did all the things to the robots. It was totally Bash Brothers when it was Rex and Shepard. Like, Mighty Ducks 2 style. Sepio. It was dope, Scott. How about uh, how about you, Mister Alex? What was your impression of the combat? Yeah, I mean, I really liked it when I first Take played it. Take me to power up. Just, yeah. just across I, the whole, like across the whole franchise, engineers got did not have enough fun stuff to do. Yeah, I think that if I thought I always concentrated on the more shooting aspect, so I think I was a soldier first played it, and I, I think it worked quite well with that because it wasn't you were firing enough bullets that even those that missed weren't too much of a Effect. I think I played as a sniper or engineer in the, the second playthrough, and I found that a lot more difficult, just because it wasn't. Yeah, I think as Scott said, sort of you were relying more on the roll of the dice and actual aiming, and that made yeah. it slightly more frustrating, but still certainly strong enough to for me to keep enjoying it. And I think something something the later games missed out on was just the the upgrade options for weapons. Because those were hilarious. Yeah. Just having ice 
bullets that freeze things or the the high explosive rounds in a shotgun was just like okay i i i can only fire this once every 14 seconds but when i do everything explodes yeah i I did like the fact that there wasn't any um ammo in this game which for some reason got changed in the next two games but well it's you know I, i can i can give you two letters as to why that happened Got it. But no, the game does not feature ammunition in the traditional sense in that uh, it's the space future, so your gun is a tiny little magnetic accelerator coil uh, that fires off little tiny bits of uh, usually explosive tungsten compounds at yeah, people. I think, I think, are you basically using the um, same tech that enables speed of light travel, isn't it? <laughs> uh, more or less, more yeah. or less, <laughs> on, a small, on a small handheld scale. So the yeah. thing you manage is the heat of your weapon. So, you know, early on you've got really crummy heat sinks because uh, the the best soldier in the universe uh, who is, or the best soldier Earth has to offer recently transferred to uh, the most elite core the galaxy uh, has ever fielded, uh, has to buy his own gear on the side. So you start with, uh, you know, you, you, you can pop off five or six and then you have to wait for the gun to cool down to again, eventually somehow you've accrued enough pay to eclipse the domestic gross domestic product of entire star systems, so you can finally have a machine gun that you can just fire for a minute straight. <laughs> yeah, you haven't yet smushed enough uh, random gel onto crates to get the good weapons yet. Yeah, you, you need to smush the random gel on the random crates and acc- maintain enough surplus budget that somehow the magical... Uh, Spectre, like your Spectre-specific guns, get unlocked, so you can actually accomplish things in combat. That was a weird thing that ha- that that was the weirdest sort of that that was the weirdest sort of Ludo narrative dissonance moment. Is like so so until I have a million credits, you you won't even show me the best gun in the game. Okay then. All I cared about was like make my armor pink. Yeah, but you you couldn't. Sh- could you choose your armor to be pink, or did you I have to equip no, the first one? No, you couldn't. You just had to choose the pink, the pink yeah, armor, you, but... the pink brand of armor. That was it. Well, I had pink armor, and I was happy because pink. Well, the pink armor brand was pretty solid. It was. We don't diss pink. Then in the other games, it could just be like, "What shade of pink would you like?" And me going, "All the pink, clearly." I also did red sometimes too, and also dark gray. Yeah, Sorry, I have I no just, comments on, yeah. on guns and things. I just use them to shoot the things. No, no, because this was back when Sam was still a Bioware noob, and I was like, go upgrade your shit right now. And I was like, but I'm having fun just doing stuff. Go up, micromanage your gear right now, Missy, and then talk to everyone. That's how the game works. And then talk to everyone. There, there um, was an excessive amount of gear. Oh, God, yes. And so do you see why I didn't bother with gear sometimes? When a game gives you excessive gear, that means it matters and you should look at it more than once every four hours. It's why you died so often on easy. Good point. Shut yeah. up. <laughs> Not yeah, you, Floody. God's go, name. Go pick the best gear every half hour and turn the rest into fancy gel. So you can <laughs> smear it on crates to get more gear. Yeah, if in case you can't uh, defeat the rather comical locking system. 
Hey, I, I liked Simon. I liked playing Simon. I'm not looking forward to do, doing a full trilogy replay on PC and not being able to play Simon anymore. I did like playing Simon, although it was a terrible security system. Well, yeah, no, that's a terrible security system. Beep, boop, beep, but boop, so is the fact that everything will just pop open if you smear deconstructed <laughs> shotguns on it. That's true. If you can't play Simon, you can at least smoke. <laughs> yeah, just not not very technically advanced in um, security. I, w- I would just not own anything. It, it would not strike me as being worth it. That's pretty funny, too. Yeah, you just smear the gel, and it's all yours. Whereupon you immediately take the loot, decide it's worthless, and turn it into more gel. <laughs> yep. And then, there, then there's the car. You have the space car. Wait, 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 the Mako. Get... I love the space car. That baby. I'll hear nothing against the of... space car. Hold on, hold on. We've got to digress just a tiny bit. Before we get to the space car. Yeah, I will say, you for the combat, before we move on from the combat, I, I personally found it, and maybe I'm just too much of an old school gamer, but I found it a little overwhelming uh, at parts. At the beginning, I was kind of like, okay, shooting some things here and there, uh, getting through the initial battles without too much problem, a couple of setbacks. But then I'd get to, after I got past the, the first chapter, and I got most of the people on my team, and I'm flying out to different planets now, it kind of got this open-ended world feel because I could go to just about any planet I wanted to. Um, so and I then forget- drive around and find things, and oh man, maybe there's horrible space monsters, or maybe it's just uh, some monkeys and some loot. <laughs> yeah, so it was a little too open-ended for me. So I went and and looked in FAQ and went to the next planet on the list and uh, went down, beamed down some bad guy, or beamed down, went down in the the big truck thing we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, Drove to where I need to get to. I think I died once or twice in the truck thing. Again, we'll talk about it in a bit. But got out of the Mako, whatever the hell it's called, and got through some fights. And then there was this big, huge-ass robot that oh, yeah. gets a cutscene. And I'm awing at how cool this cutscene is. He has, like, other little creatures all around supporting him because, you know, one big-ass mech just isn't enough for your party to fight at once. And uh, and as soon as the cutscene was over, I'm dead. I'm like what, yeah. what? 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 With the beep? What, what the beep happened? I, I must have reloaded that thing. And of course, every time you reload, you have to watch the cutscene again because you save. Yeah, the game is generous with the fact you can save almost anywhere, but it has to be out of combat. And the cutscene starts right when the combat starts. Yeah, so I must have reloaded that like seven or eight or nine times before I just figured out. I could get like one or two shots off, or if I duck right there's some cover right there, I could duck behind there. I could use a few of my skills from behind there, but as soon as I popped out to try to get shots on anything that was on the other side of my cover, I would just get my ass handed to me. And I was using a lot of four-letter metaphors at that point. It, it took me about eight or nine attempts to figure out the best thing to do at the beginning of the combat was to turn my pretty little shepherd around and run for the freaking hills. And that's what that's how I beat it. I run for the hills, and then I slowly, one step at a time, with the longest-range weapon I had, just got a little bit closer, a little bit closer, and took away some of the supporting guys uh, from a distance before I got in too close and engaged the, the mech. But it just felt like an ass-backwards way of having... It certainly didn't feel heroic. Um, so I got a little cranky at the system, so probably was just... Well, the, the robots were cheating, man. They had, like, really good... They, they had the flamethrower guys that rush you... And the hoppy guys that stick to walls and snipe you. And a tank guy. So you, you can't... You, you had no choice but to snipe them. 
Yeah, evil little bloodsuckers. There's a few battles like that where I just kind of felt like I got overwhelmed, but uh, that was the worst one. That was the one where I really, no matter how many times, I just finally had to run away and, like you said, snipe the to wor- get through that one. The, the worst one is uh, the drones in the AI research facility on the moon. Oh, I didn't get to that one. Tell me about that one. Okay, so when you get to level 20, you get, like, a generic distress call from the moon where it's like, hey, our science experiment has gone horribly wrong and killed all our guys. And for once, it's not this Cerberus group. It's just the regular Earth military. So you, so you go to the moon, and you're like, Think hey, there's the... ignoring international intergalactic law, of course. Uh, in flagrant violation of intergalactic law, they've been developing artificial intelligence on the moon. And uh, the, bi- the research bases, because there are three of them, because you always have to go to three places, because it's a Bioware game. You, you, uh, you, <laughs> you go to the moon, and you go to the bases, and there's turrets outside the bases that you have to deal with in your space car and then you get inside and it's full of flying drones and it uses each base uses the same um, generic underground facility layout i guess that's the other thing about this game there's only about two layouts for the random encounter type missions it 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 gets repetitive (laughs) so you have you, you yeah so you have the underground facility layout which means you walk into a room, you shoot a few guys, and then there's a tunnel to a, another big room. And so you, you open the door to the tunnel, and oh my god, there's like 30 robots and they're all shooting me. I'm just going to hide at this end and uh, blindly throw bullets and grenades to the other end and hope that works. <laughs> and you do this two more times, and then you get your prestige class, which is cool. At least you get something for all that effort. You get your prestige class and a nice little message in binary about how the AI uh, just wanted help because they were going to kill it because it's like, oh man, this AI is going to go all Skynet on us. On us. So its only logical recourse was to go all Skynet on them. But of course. And, and then you you call you you deal with it because you're you're the only because per- it's a Bioware game, which means uh, you're the only person capable of resolving the problem. Yeah. Spoiler alert, this AI makes a return in future games. Yes. So, yeah, definitely I could see where, Sam, I, I think it would enhance the enjoyment for a lot of people, myself included. I think that's what I did for that one battle or somewhere. I, I think you, you can turn the difficulty in the middle of the game, right? It isn't just at the beginning. Yeah, it is on the fly. Yeah. So yeah. when I was trying to do, when I did do an Insanity playthrough... Uh, it, it that was one of the times where I'm like, you know, I could just turn this down to vet, veteran. I could. Did you? No, I didn't. Dang. No, Scott's hardcore. I sat at the end. Of, I sat at the end of that hallway and Dang. fired my bullets and grenades. And <laughs> you were gonna get through that the one. Best. You were gonna get through that one way or another, except by touching the difficulty slider. Yeah. Awesome. Do you get like an achievement or anything if you go through the game without touching the difficulty and leaving it up higher? Um, there's think, one for insanity, are, yeah. I think. The, the ins- there's a there's a chivo for insanity. I don't think it's like some games where there's one for each difficulty. Hmm. Interesting. There's one for defeating the game. Yeah, there's, there's one, one for beating, beating it on insanity. And I think like the point value was like. I think it was a fifty point chivo. You you, yeah. would, you would think on the PlayStation that insanity run through would be like the platinum. Jeez, it's a. It's... No, the, I think it's just a gold one because you know they always wow. they never do anything creative with the platinum one. It's just hey, you have all the other ones, have one more. Oh yeah, that's yeah. You see that a lot. So um, 
Okay, so uh, I think we've we've done a good job talking about the well, combat. There's space car. Now let's go to the space car. That's right, okay, which which car. has some combat in it. Like favorite. So let's talk about the space car with the floaty driving mechanic. Okay, so it, it, it's only <laughs> so the the way it interacts with the ground is really only loosely related. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And if you're playing it on a console, it is handling exactly like your third-person shooter character. So direction is based entirely on where the camera is. Uh, it's weird and wobbly. <laughs> it controls like a shopping cart, let's face it. Okay, okay, okay. Wonderful oh. shopping cart. I, I loved I, being stuck in mountains. That was kind of fun. Did Did any of y'all play the PC version? No. Nope. Nope. Okay. All right. You just reminded me of a PC version issue. I, I went with the PC rather than PlayStation 3 because one of the reasons, aside from the sale, was I figured the graphics would be better, you know, because you got all those options and stuff. And they are indeed very which pretty. Which is a rule, which which is true as a rule because the console version, uh, the 360 version has horrendous, horrendous texture pop in. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, like, but- especially once you pick up one of the armors that ha- does have a pattern on top. Like, I remember oh, yeah. having, like, I, I had everyone in Colossus gear, which has, uh, you know, you know the green camo pattern to it. So you'd, it'd be about 12 seconds into a cutscene before everyone on the team would have their the, the camo displayed. Oh. Yeah, there'd be a lot of fuzzy people for a while. <laughs> oh, that is funny. Um, anywho, uh, but there is one major drawback to the PC version I found after I bought it and installed it. Um, it doesn't work with an Xbox 360 controller. <laughs> it was like, it, I, wow. it predates that mandate. <laughs> it does. And I was like, it's an Xbox original release. How in the bleep? I, I, every other console port I play, even the ones that were like PlayStation exclusive that came to the PC, support the Xbox controller. No, no, it doesn't. Support. So I was forced to use the mouse and keyboard combination, and I just kept wishing that I could now I, uh, use the controller, uh, especially in those segments. Specifically, I think you can always do like a third-party add-in or something to to map keys to your to your joystick, but you're never going to get analog that way. And I think that's where I was really missing out was like you know, and driving the vehicle and stuff. Does it use analog or whatever it's like, called? Like, yeah, like it does use the. Like the the stick is definitely the better option where you don't have to keep feathering your W and A keys to get speed right. Yeah, but it's not the end of the world. I I, I jest a bit. I I just I did fall off a couple. Of, like there's that one driving section where if you drive too far to the left, you fall off the side of this platform or whatever, and you you fall to your death. And I actually laughed out loud when that happened. Uh, it was you know it was a control error, but it was just the fact that I, I'm in this big you know, driving craft and I've managed to just completely drive off to the side and fall, you know, who knows how well, far to my death. And, and then there funny. you go to like the lava planets where if you drive through the lava, you mostly die. <laughs> nice. Nice. I actually stayed out of the lava on the lava planet. I played surprisingly enough. I came very close, but I, I managed to stay out of that. Um, but uh, no, it, it just seemed to be kind of fun though. It was, it did feel pretty badass when you're in there and you're shooting a bunch of those, you know your al- those aliens and stuff, and for the most part, I wouldn't say I was invulnerable, but felt pretty tough in that thing. Yeah. I didn't well, care so much about the shooting part of it. I just wanted to bounce around the scenery. Yeah, like bouncing, it's, bouncing it, in that thing was awesome. It's fun to explore in the Mako. It's less fun yeah. to run around and shoot the the tank bots and the turrets. Yeah, the this uh, game is not very good at enemy variety. <laughs> You know what it reminds me of? If if y'all's mind goes back to like the uh, 80s, it was uh, Moon Patrol. 
and you had that it was just a side scrolling game where you have a moon buggy and you'd have to press a button continuously push forward it was like a runner game uh that moon buggy's always going forward whether you wanted to or not and you would see like holes in the ground you'd have to jump over and you see aliens you have to shoot them and uh but you know because oh, you're on the well, moon I remember, that. remember that yeah yeah it's kind of floaty because you're on the moon that's okay yeah, i know i'm going way back here all right. Uh, what other what other sub mechanics or things like driving vehicles? Well, there was space blackjack because it's very important that uh, Bioware give you space blackjack. Did you enjoy I, space blackjack? Well, I didn't un- care. well, unlike say that's the old Republic where there's someone on every planet usually right off right when you get off your ship who's like, hey, you want to play some space blackjack? I have this unique item that you I'll give you if you clear me out of all my money. Sit down and save scum so you can win space blackjack against me. Uh, the, the Mass Effect is remarkably respe- restrained in that you can only play space jack blackjack at the casino in one on on the Citadel station. I don't know why you would, because money is ungodly plentiful. Yeah, and you don't actually get all that much from space blackjack either. Yeah, but it's there. Hmm. It's, it's a diversion to be had. But you don't get anything for like special well, for it. No, no, you just you you can. I, I think you can only play low stakes, so you can only play like for a hundred creds. Yeah, I think there was a couple of side quests that used it, but yeah, as like I think, like I think there was a point where you got recruited to deal with like someone who was cheating at space blackjack, so you had to play it a bit to prove it or something. Yeah, I think it was sort of helping develop a cheating mechanism, but well, if you wanted to. I didn't care for Space Blackjack. I think I made Scott do it because I really didn't care. I was like, Scott, this is boring. You do it. He was like, the, the, okay. See, so, some couples have a honey-do list. I have the honey playlist where, you know, I have to sit down and play the really boring, frustrating sections of games. Not always, but, but Sam a good chunk can, of- uh, Sam, No, she is getting better at some of the action elements, but I'm sure... There well, when are, I first uh, started, I was terrible, let's face it. Oh, yeah, there, there were definitely it. some action games where it's like, Scott, this boss is bullshit, please play it, fight it, okay. <laughs> I feel your pain, Scott. Been there, done that. <sighs> because yeah. I've gotten much, much better over the years. Of playing uh, terrible yeah. games at the behest of Mac so that no one else has to. It's my job! <laughs> yeah. I don't know, Mickey's like, played no. some pretty gnarly ones lately. I was going to say, I think between Fuller and Minky and myself, I mean, we've pretty much played all the crap so far this year. Yeah, Not even Wheels has taken a crappy game. You you played, sorry, you played the mediocre. Well, no, I did play Majors. Three. That was, I did play Mr. Majors, I got that, that was uh, easy crap rather than... Yeah. I don't think there's much else gameplay-wise. I mean, the only thing, other thing I think I'll talk about is elevators, but... Well, that's not even a gameplay thing. That was yeah. That's just that was them trying to be clever about loading screens, and it only half working. Yeah, I I did like all the conversations they had. It's just the conversations didn't fit up enough time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that's exactly half. right. You're you're in the elevator, and 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 it starts going off. You're like, okay, this this could be a little boring. But then they start talking, like, oh, this is kind of interesting. And then they stop talking, and you're like, oh. It's gone back to being a boring elevator ride. Because <laughs> you're right, the talking doesn't cover the entire trip. So, how about that space worm? Hmm, who wants to talk about space worm? No thanks. I thought it was creepy. I did that one on my own, actually. 
I'm so proud Which of myself. Which time, honey? That does show up a few times. No, the, the the big final time. I remember I did that one by myself because I was so proud of myself. I think I ran over to you and I was like, look! I did it! I killed it! Okay, yeah. Because I killed it so, entirely with brute force. Yeah, there, there are a few cases where you have to fight the space worm. No, no, and it was it's the always final last time. Yeah, but uh, I guess the other thing I'll mention is that there's this whole... Most of the way you do sort of random encounters, and I call them random encounters, but they're all pre-scripted, is that, uh, you know, you'll be flying around space and you'll get, like, an email or a distress call to go check something out, and you'll drop down in your spaceship and you'll crawl into one of the two uh, the two preset environments with different configurations of crates, and there's this one recurring element where it's like, oh, hey, there's a distress call. Oh, it's this group called Cerberus, and their science experiment has gone horribly wrong and killed everyone. Man, these guys must be terrible at what they do if this keeps happening to them every single time. What a bunch of incompetence. Then you join that level of incompetence in Mass Effect 2. Sam, that was the whole point of why I said that, and I was going to leave that hanging for, like, months before we got to the second Pass game. my bedtime. You ruined my anticipation joke. Guess what? It's past my bedtime. I'm going to ruin all the jokes. All of them. I'm sleepy. So and I it, like ruining your jokes. Jeez. Oh, any, any other little subsystems or other fancy schmancy gameplay elements we've missed out on? Well, I guess there's the conversation wheel, which is now a Bioware staple, which was but was revolutionary at the time where Normally, when you get to choose your own dialogue, it just gives you a list, and you read the whole thing, and you're like, okay, I'll pick this one because it's the funny one, and then, you know, the characters react. But because they were trying to be, um, you know, they they did want a fully voiced main character, Uh, they didn't necessarily want you to read the whole thing and then hear the whole thing, so you have, uh, so it it just gives you sort of the two-word mood the dialogue is a little wheel, and you click the two-word mood description of what you're going to say, and then you hear uh, Mark Mirror or Jen Hale say the full line, and you're like, okay, that's all right. And then you find out later the other option was the funny one, and you get a little annoyed that you can pick the funny one. <laughs> yeah, this is the traditional pie where you want to say before every conversation... Pick all the funny choices, then go back and pick your real choices. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... In Bioware games, I stick with the funny choices. It's a Knights of the Republic is a fun experience for me. Also, I like Snarky Hawk in Dragon Age Two. Oh yeah, well, well, I I think that that helped. Dragon Age Two refined it by adding little pictograms to help you sort of key off the the delivery. And Snarky Hawk is pretty awesome. Seriously, it's the only option worth picking most of the time. Being grumpy in Dragon Age was kind of pointless. Being grumpy in, in Mass Effect at least led to entertaining things like throwing people at windows or shooting them to make them talk, which is what I did all the time. Because, again, it's not worth it to be nice when you need something, especially in the Mass Effect verse when everyone's kind of a tool to each other. But they need you to solve their problems. They can't solve problems. They're Bioware characters. Actually, no, that's not that's not fair. They're, they're RPG characters. I mean... No one can solve their own shit in Skyrim either. Uh, you know what? That's why it was more fun to like go around and steal sweet rolls from people. 
Fucking yeah, out. but they couldn't solve their sweet ball, sweet sweet roll theft problem either, could they? Yeah, they did. They called guards to kill yeah, me. Yeah, and and then you ran away, and the guards got eaten by a dragon. So they couldn't solve solve the sweet roll thief problem. Mass Effect didn't have anything like that. It sort of made me sad. I like Mass Effect. That that's pretty much all I have. What about the first game? Just is cute though. I love it. So uh, let's wrap this up talking about the graphics and the sound. Well, the uh, music is damn good. It's uh, Jack Wall and his team. Yeah. I, I like I the art style. Yeah, I think yeah the uh, all the um, locations are pretty neat. I like the architecture and stuff like that. So well, there, there's a pretty clear delineation where you've got like, hey, that this is architecture that we got to design because uh, we just needed a cool looking space station, and then there's architecture we got to design because we need to have a uh, box-based shooter oh, yeah, level the, yeah, in the, here. Yeah, the actual ones that aren't all generic corridors yeah. and <laughs> stuff. Well, e- well even the like the main all... well, even like the main council chamber, you walk through it and you see the plethora of boxes about it and I'm like, I'm going to have to shoot this place to ribbons, aren't I? <laughs> the fact that it wasn't right then and there speaks to how uh how subtle Bioware could be once upon a time. Yeah, mm. I did like the music. I especially like the uh, the end credit music. That was very cool. And they mm. actually, I think they used the band again later on in the series as well. So that's that's cool. And how about the uh, characters in the design? Uh, I I definitely like the creature design. I think um, maybe you spend a lot of time shooting Geth robot guys, and they're 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 interesting looking robots. But it's like Man, there are a lot of these guys. I wish I could shoot something else. And then you get on a planet where it's the the Turian style drones, and you're like, oh, I wish I could shoot something else. And you get, and then it's just back to Geth guys. <laughs> I like the Geth, not in this yeah. game, but I like the Geth. I've always liked the Geth designs. I don't know I'm indifferent. Like I just like the whole package. I'm not really the best at paying attention to music, in, especially in Western RPGs. I find in Japanese games I tend to pay attention to the music more, but in Western RPGs, unless it's Bastion, I tend not to care. <laughs> music is good. Voice acting is actually really good, though. Um, that is one thing I... I... Oh, kind of phased out again there, Sam. Oh. Voice acting. Um, I don't really pay attention to music in Western RPGs, because if it's not Bastion, I just don't care. Um... But the voice acting is really good in Mass Effect, and it, it stays really good. Um, my only complaint, maybe, is it's Mark Mir. Um, you know, I've talked to him in person. He's a lovely guy, but Manship is just monotone and boring. I mean, he explained why Manship was monotone and boring. Um, but compared to the other characters, and especially compared to Jennifer Hale, um, he just didn't compare. But like I said, it's really solid. Like, and they feel like real characters just because the voice acting is so well done. Especially yeah. Rex. Especially no, no, you're right. Uh, I like the uh, especially when you consider it. You know, for its time, um, you know, the graphics are really, really well done. The, um, the the design of it, as Scott mentioned earlier, I love. You know, that's my personal preference. I just love that retro. I mean, it's it's futuristic, but you're right. It felt it felt like something that was designed back in us. You know, back when Star Trek like, was popular or something. Yeah, it, it is a 1960s sci-fi setting. Yeah, yeah, but just really well done. 
and just really, really cool. I mean, I just totally eating that up. Um, the uh, yeah, the the M- the NPC that you talk with and stuff, I felt were pretty well designed. But you're right, the enemies seem to get monotonous in places here and there. Uh, could have probably been a little more love given to those guys. Uh, I love the way the ship's designed. Just oh, the Normandy is wonderful. That that was pretty well done, and and the way it just felt being you know, running around the ship talking to people, but because of the way it's designed, it just felt really really good to me. Anyway, shame about that elevator between uh, decks two and three. What right? is up with that? Yeah, the yeah, elevator was especially... a little silly. At least it wasn't as long as the ones in a Citadel. Yeah, if we didn't have so. One with you in the advice as well. <laughs> yeah, you didn't yeah, have somebody to talk. Um, <laughs> uh, you yeah. are the only person that needs to get between decks two and three ever. Ever, yeah. <laughs> so you get to be by yourself. No one's riding I, in that elevator with you. I also kind of love that, you know, and this is just as the series goes on, but the Normandy actually feels like a character in the story. Hmm. Right? Like, it's a ship, but, yeah. you know, you care so damn much about that ship. Yeah. It's your baby you know and i and i love that i I love that you know that's an organic feeling to the game it's like yep the ship matters just as the people on it matter too yeah except for ashley we don't like her except for ashley she's the part of the ship that can go away um jeez i'm surprised she didn't start making comments about you know what people people are gonna listen to this and they just go god what is her beef with Ashley? But you know, she really is. She really is bad. Like I said, she's kind of like, I'm like looking over my shoulder seeing if anyone was listening to this. Especially since, you know, we talk, sometimes we say illegal aliens in the country. And, you know, some people go about how they hate illegal aliens, you know, immigrants. So the way she was going on about aliens, it was like, it was starting to creep me out a little bit. She certainly is not politically correct. We'll, we'll give her that much. She does get a bit better. She does get a bit better. <laughs> not really. And oh, some of this is based on the timing. Not in this game. Yeah. Some of that, that is must, based that on the timing. That must be if you didn't kill her, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't uh, kill her. She was kind of a tool to me later on in the series. And I, like I said, I totally made her pay for it. Uh, you know what? Insolence is not a thing I tolerate. Not in my role playing. Or poetry readings. Nope. Poet- not into that either. Poetry readings. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. So um, it sounds like I don't think I probably don't need to do a roundtable say ultimately what did y'all think about this? Sounds like everyone had a, a pretty good time with it overall, right? Yeah, it's great. I, I, you know, it's a shame they never made a sequel to this game. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine we're going to talk about that when we talk about Mass Effect 2. Yeah. Yeah. I'll touch the, the sequel bit, in name I'll, only, right? Well, it I'll name touch, and uh, okay. The the there's a lot of elements that just don't carry across, and I'm like, why didn't you bring those with you? Those were fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll say it now because it's a version of this game. But I preferred the way this game was structured over the next two, just in terms of it. It seems to sort of flow a lot better. Yeah, there, there was a definite flow where you'd go to a place and there'd sort of be like little hub area and you'd talk to people you and learn some stuff and you'd investigate and then you'd go out and solve everyone's problems. Whatever they may be. Yeah. In the other two games, yeah, it's a little... Yeah, you're just, you're just sort of doing self-contained missions more than anything else. Well, there's even like a, there, there's an, there's even a, like a kill screen at the end of a mission where it's like, okay, this is what you earned and what you accomplished and what you chose, just in case you weren't paying attention. 
Because we're going to assume you're not paying attention because this is for Shooter Bros now. Shooter Bros. Well, I'm sure we'll we'll, uh, get into all that more detail in a few months, right? Yeah, Yeah, we will. Well, and what it's worth, at least we can say we still got really, really awesome characters in 2 and 3. Okay? Can we at least say that? Because In a few months. In a few months, we'll talk about that. And But we still have have DLC to do, right? Let me... Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, we should touch on well, the... Well, uh... let's do it this way. One is an arena-style DLC that is a piece of crap and not worth your money because it's essentially, it's an arena. You do your brodo uh, skills. whoopity flippin' do Bring Down the Sky is actually kind of neat. Um, bring, down, bring Down the Sky is actually really good. The The arena missions, it's like, you know, it's usually pretty low on the list of things that Bioware does well. But keeps doing for some reason. Bring Someone on that team really likes the the battle arena side quest. I don't know why. Because you catch yourself at night. That's all I got. Oh jeez. Any uh. And he's marrying me, people. By the way, sucker. So uh, any what other DLC? Well, no, there's bring down the. Well, there's bring down the sky, which is uh. A bit of story, uh, you find out that a bunch of uh, terrorists of a race that have been talked about a lot but never actually seen because uh, that would strain the uh, the modeling team's uh, budget and uh, pi- timeline on art assets. Uh, well, they're going to them too many eyes. Yeah. They, they, you, you know, you blame, blame the concept people for really making this too hard to manage. Uh, have decided to go all Sharaznable and uh, drop an asteroid on a human colony? I want to say it was yeah. actually like, it was or mostly human with some other races on yeah, there. Yeah, I think you were, yeah, you were asked to help by the human military I think, so yeah. it was mostly to help them. And then you, you, you run around the asteroid trying to shut down the engines that are forcing it towards the planet and then you you know, have the option to blow it up and let the bad guy get away and save all the people, or you can shoot the terrorists and, uh, you know, let a bunch of people die. Wow, that that one really is sort of the the stupid morality system showing through rather than uh, some of the better choices in the game. (laughs) But no, it is actually really fun and you get a new enemy type and, uh, you know, uh, it's good stuff. I liked it. There you have it. Go play Mass Effect if you haven't. Because, like, seriously, if you haven't played Mass Effect, you've been hiding under a rock. So, I've, I've been hiding under a rock. I just started for the pocket. Okay, so here's a, here's a, here's a question for y'all. Is is this game with, uh, let's just say, I think this was probably both you mentioned, I think you mentioned two DLCs, right? Bring Down the Sky yeah. and Pinnacle Station? Yeah, that's it. Yep. Okay, is this game with those two DLCs worth $30? Oh yeah, sure. oh totally. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, taking a look online here, if you're if you're a PS3 uh, or PC owner, you want to get one of those guys. The Mass Effect trilogy is thirty dollars. You get Mass Effect One with those two DLCs, plus you get two and three, which we will talk about later. But even if you pres- even if you those turned out to be terrible, well, you're still getting this game. With its two DLCs for thirty dollars, and it's like you're getting the other ones for free. Spoiler alert: they're not. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll uh... remove all the suspense, Alex. 
Dang it, we spoiled something else at well, RPG let's assume, that some, let's assume that people have read all the reviews at some point. <laughs> or some of the bio-filled editorials I have posted to the site. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, you can definitely pick those up there. I'm sure the Xbox is is just as cheap, if not cheaper, since it's been out on Xbox longer. But uh, Well, how uh, much for the PS3 version? 30 bucks. Well, no, if you just want the game by itself, like, oh, believe the one it or not, by a couple itself? weeks. A couple weeks ago on PSN, it was $5. They, the they actually game. sell them separately? Yep. Oh. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can buy a standalone digital copy of uh, Mass Effect 1. On oh, right, sections. right. I think I think it's now like back to 10 or 15 But 10 even, or... Even, even that, it's still worth it. Okay, without without going into a long tirade about the other two, because Alex wants to go to bed sometime this year, um, it, should they get the $10, $15 mass effect one version or just go ahead and plunker down the other to you know 15 20 bucks eh, and get the whole thing get the whole thing because at yeah. the end of the day there are aspects where you're still going to be invested even if you don't entirely love it like dating oh jeez, it always comes back to dating with you doesn't it uh-huh Harris senpai Tally <laughs> <laughs> chan Oh, boy. All right. Well, I think we're ready to uh, take another little break, and we'll wrap this uh, this episode up with the final lap in just a few minutes. do our final lap this is the kind of the kitchen sink segment where we uh read your comments on the air tell you what we're working on oh just whatever's on our mind we'll start off by reading your comments about our last episode number 121 uh where we talked about arc the lad got a uh, uh and we actually talked about a few other things we we touched on beyond the beyond and uh that caused uh, big- I, th- I think we were just Trying to touch on other early PlayStation RPGs. Ah, that's right, that's right. We, so we barely touched on it, uh, and I think uh, a few of us recalled some pain when we brought up Beyond the Beyond. But Victor says that while everyone else may want to exercise that from their minds, he won't. He remembers its absurdly high encounter rate, trial and error puzzles, and cliche-ridden story with two-dimensional characters. Wait, that sounds like, like stuff I'd want to exercise from my mind. <laughs> Uh, when he played Beyond the Beyond, however, uh, two dimensions were 200% more than 
he was accustomed to. See, he come from games uh, from the computer games like Bard's Tale, Might and Magic, etc., where characters were nothing more than a name, a class, and a list of statistics. So at the time when he played Beyond the Beyond and he could actually see his characters, uh, they were amazing. It was so wonderful to play a game with character portraits, extensive dialogue, as cliche as it may be, lots of NPCs to talk to, unusual graphic puzzles everywhere, and a beautiful CD-quality soundtrack. None of those things were in the tile-based like games like My Imagine and stuff that he had played uh, before that. Uh, Beyond to Beyond was his first overhead perspective JRPG, and it convinced him that such games uh, could be fun. But uh, he will never, ever replay Beyond the Beyond because now he's aware of its excruciating flaws. But he's keeping his rose-colored glasses as a souvenir. Well, I, we can probably understand that viewpoint. I, I think that's absolutely... Uh, absolutely hilarious so uh thank thank you so much victor for uh victor for uh posting that um tech side says that uh, he gave the he gave the podcast a listen he'd never actually played the games his friends uh, decide and him decided to put the arc the lad anime series on it was incredibly confusing because of a mixture of not having played the first game alcohol confusion over who arc and the crew actually were alcohol sometimes questionable early 2000 dub acting and yes alcohol he says he does recall his brother yelling at the screen because that guy would have killed them all in one hit. Also, the fact it was, was named, that guy. I, maybe it was Ark. Uh, also, the fact that it was named the White House. Like, was that in Japanese? Do you know anything about the White House? There was a White House in <sighs> Ark the Lead Two. I, I don't remember. There's nothing that Working Designs threw in there. Probably for the best. If it had been 2002, there would have been. W references, and we really don't need that as a reminder of 2002 anymore. But yes, there was a White House in the game, and as I recall, it's where the sinister experiments are taking place to fuse children with with significant powers and monsters and to create the strongest army ever. If you want to read something political into that, go right ahead. Uh, I also got a couple of uh, Twitter doohickeys, and this is actually uh, for the panel. Uh, Joshua Carpenter at J-S-C-A-R-P-E-J-J-S-Carp ask, how about a question? I played Mass Effect on the PC, and I enjoyed the, the Mako exploration part. Here might have lost Starflight. But everyone seems to complain about the Mako sections. Was uh, that because of a bad console controls? What created the hate for that part, in your opinion? I think it was mostly people sort of wanting more action or more realistic controls, but I just had fun bouncing. <laughs> I, it, it's it's, so fun it's to good bounce to bounce it. around in. Like I like the fact that you can climb up an 89 degree gradient to get over a mountain in the thing. My my only dislike for the Mako just comes from the fact that I got stuck a lot of the time. So, like, it would actually clip in the game, so my Mako would be stuck in, like, a mountain, and I'd have to restart from where I was. And that happened quite frequently for me, so it just kind of upset me. Most of the time, I liked the Mako because I liked the bouncing around and the driving of my awesome space car and finding minerals and stuff. Like, that never bothered me. It was just getting stuck in mountains. Yeah, that drove me crazy. I never actually got stuck in Mountain, but I think part of the problem was the combat in the Mako wasn't particularly strong, and there wasn't very really much of it, so I think it's probably just lack of, lack of action more than anything else. Mm. Well, uh, thank you guys. Uh, you too can uh, write your comments. It can be about games that we've talked about in the past, uh, Didn't you have any games. thoughts on the Mako, Phil? Uh, 
I mean, pretty much what I kind of said, I, I, I thought it was funny when I fell off. The controls were, were floaty, but uh, and it did bounce a lot. So on one hand, we could kind of logically suggest that it's because all the planets we put the Mako on have a low gravity rating like the moon. Um, but but, uh, using but the Q- you can scan the planet and you can see what the gravity rating is. Oh, no, they really? Wrote, they, they wrote ecology reports for every single one. Oh, and you could see that it was usually point what a tenth of a G either way, no matter what planet you landed on. Oh. So that's why it was floating on every planet, because every single planet was a tenth of a G. No, what like one tenth either side of one G, I should oh, say. Oh, so oh, 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 oh. Between point nine and one point one G. So yeah. it shouldn't have been so floaty. Yeah. Uh, I'll just I'll just mark it up to my my keyboard the keyboard controls with that's where I was really wishing I had a controller. I think I think it was the Mass Effect fields causing that. I like the Mako. <laughs> the Mass Effect field. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you two can uh, you two can uh, write your co- uh, comments and questions on our forums at rpgamer.com. Look for the forum link on the left. You can uh, shoot uh, shoot me off a tweet at JC Servant. Uh, or Ju Mason, that's Mr. Mike Minky. We love to read your questions, and we'll answer them either on Twitter, on the forums, and or right here on the air. Uh, our Especially next... now that people aren't constantly twitting me about Agarest. Yeah, that that which which name that was not be your own fault. <laughs> but they it's kept done now. They kept tweeting about it. That's what was the oh, weird man, thing. This shit sandwich sure is terrible. I get, but I better finish it. <laughs> I would get people tweeting me all the time saying, hey, would you remind Mike that he needs to talk about Agrest Awards on the next Backtrack? It's not even scheduled, but they want to hear his pain. That's what I would get. It's okay, Mike. I've played shit sandwiches, too. Sam, Mm -hmm. can I count on you when we dump all over Idea Factory sometime in the future? Really? I don't want to remember those 10 hours I put into Agrest that I never finished because I sat there and went, I hate this. I'm going to kill myself. So deleting the game is better than killing myself. That and Scott's like, honey, put the game away. Put the game away. Oh, look, it's deleted. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Considering what you've played to completion lately, it says a lot that Agarest is too much. And, like, I finished an idea. No, I don't think I finished an Idea Factory game now that I think about it. I, I need to check this. Hold uh, on. I'm that- pretty sure you... I think you have, because one of the Idea Factory made Sweet Fuse. A heart game, but not a... Uh... Yeah, not an RPG, but... <laughs> so, our next... Uh, our ne- but if you want to ask us questions about our next show, like our last uh, listener did, uh, you'll want to know that our next show is number 123, Konami's Trail of Tears. We'll be talking about Suikoden 5 and Suikoden Tear Crease. I'm not sure if I'm doing a good enough job, job uh, slaughtering no that can name. Pronounce that. Don't worry. Right, but I'm not slaughtering it's a, it's it good enough. It's a German word, Phil. Okay. You, we know that you can just spit all over the computer screen and do a better job of slaughtering it than that. Yeah, I'm just saying I could have probably have. Um, I'm just trying to think of a. You tip. gave it a legitimate pronunciation attempt that other people have heard. Yeah. This is not the Phil we are familiar just with. Just totally, totally fail. That was a Phil fail right there. Well, you've got a couple weeks to figure that out. I, I'll need them, too, because that's a toughie. Uh, Actually, that should be the contest. Yeah, there you go. Who, yeah. who can wreck it the worst? You win a prize. Hmm. 
Send me a recording of you really wrecking the name, and I will be happy to get that on the show. I'll pull up bonus the number. Bonus points for playing with both words. Yeah. Yeah, bonus points for playing with both words. And you know what? I'll even throw in a prize. This will just take me a moment to, to pull up said prize. Actually, no, I got it. It's um, You're going to give them sacred. Give a copy of the PSP, Sweet Coden, the one that hasn't come out in English. Yeah, there you go. No, I will give them a copy of Sacred because I have an extra copy from GOG. So there we go. Um, so yes, uh, and I'll give you the phone number that you can call if you don't want to do an MP. You can do an MP3 recording and email that to me. Uh, but I've also got a nifty little uh, phone number that you can call and leave a message on. Uh, but while I'm looking that up, um, let's do a little – let's get a roundtable kicked off. And let's start with uh, somebody who probably needs to go to bed sooner rather than later, Mr. Alex. Hello. Hey, got anything I, I you want to share with I the? Uh... Else I at this point. Oh yeah, you get to just you get to get to just, this is uh, this is the part where you just tell us what you're working on the website, what you're playing, just anything that's on your mind. Uh, uh, at the moment, I'm playing through Inazuma Eleven Go for review. Inazuma who? Inazuma Eleven Go, which is the fourth Inazuma Eleven game, and but it's the first in the new trilogy and the first one that's actually made for the 3DS from the start. Is, How is, timely, considering the World Cup is going on right now. Yes. So, Did you see that ludicrous display last night? No. Well, you talk, you talk about England, then you're a bit uh, about a week too late with that. It, it's it's an IT crowd thing. Yeah. So, uh, okay. so the appropriate response is that you say, "Well, the thing about Arsenal is that they always try to walk it in." Oh well, yes, but. <laughs> Yes, that is the standard comment, and it is still entirely true. Yep. Yeah, no, in the Zuma doesn't go. It's more in the Zuma, which is always a good thing. So, yay. Uh, aside from that, I've not been doing too much. I think I played Hate Plus, which was entirely because Sam was playing Analog of Hate Story. So I got around to playing that. That was that was pretty good. Um, but yeah, I'm just sort of hovering between games otherwise. Are you, are you doing anything new, fun, and exciting on the site? Um, not at the moment. I think I've just mostly been doing new stories. I started work on a feature, but that's sort of a long, still a few months away from actually happening. So, okay, yeah. Hopefully, I will write a preview at some point, but I don't know what on yet. How about uh, how about you, Mister Scott? Uh, well, I guess coming up on the site is there's a review and an impression, and I'm uh, playing De- the PC version of Deus Ex: The Fall, and that'll probably get a review. Um, it's it is the best possible you hope you it, it is the best possible game you could get from trying to translate Human Revolution to a tablet back to a PC again. Wow, some translation. Yeah, there there there's some definite. Uh, there, there, my hovercraft is full of eels. <laughs> I'll say that much. Hmm. Anything uh, else? Not really. Did uh, did uh, Miss Sam come back? Uh, she's still hopping around. Hmm. How about you, Mister Minky? Well, I put up a second opinion of Etrianity Untold last week. And how did that go? Most enjoyably. Though sorry, I have to that. say, hey, hey Sam. No, sorry. Though I have to say that having tried to pursue with the game into the the stratum that you can only access after you've already gotten the ending. I may not continue. It's a significant ramp up in difficulty. We'll see. Oh, and just to intervene, Mike, you asked me if I played an Idea Factory game. 
according to my reviews, all 68 of them, I have not reviewed an Idea Factory game. Well, Sam... I played the Otome games out of my free will, though. Obviously, since we don't have a review of Chaos Wars, you're going to have to get on that. Oh, hell no. (laughs) But but we don't have a review of it, Sam. That was years ago. Don't care. You do it. You're a retro guy. I suggest you both try placing some. I've been scared away, but... Well, I don't know. Maybe in a couple of years I will have subsumed the pain within my system so much that I can actually fool myself into thinking, maybe the company wasn't that bad. Maybe it has some interesting notions that I ought to experience. And then after about 15 minutes, I'll remind myself of why I prefer shoving bamboo spikes under my fingernails. (laughs) If it's any consolation, apparently most people can beat Chaos Wars in under 60 hours. Oh, wow. <laughs> 60 hours. Less time than it takes you to rewatch all of Star Trek. That's great. <laughs> I'm just, I'm saying. Uh, the more you know rainbow moment. Well, I know you can make Blazing Souls uncompletable in less than 10. <laughs> Which is... <laughs> Didn't, don't we have no reviews for Spectral Souls either? Or... Pretty How much, many spec souls are there? Well, let's put it this way. All the Idea Factory games have no reviews for the most part. I think you and Glenn and Alex might be the only people who actually did at least one and then I said, think, okay, I'm fine. Yeah, I think the Neptunia Oh, and Adrian, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, but those are, wait, no, those are Compile Heart. They don't count in the same way. If that's they're, the different, case, they're, they're bad in their own special little If that was the case, me. then I can say I count because uh, I've Played that wonderful gem, remember Time and Eternity. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, the quality of that title will persist through the ages. Mm-hmm. Angst, cry. Um, so I, just got a, I just got a code for something called Squid's Odyssey. I have not started playing it yet. And I hear it is you... an interesting tactical RPG about squids. Well, you know, there, there just aren't many cephalopod-centered games out there. I'm sure this will be unique. Well, well, there's a couple good? now. <laughs> yeah, there's a few now. Yeah, Nintendo've got their one. Oh, I've played this one. You have? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh it's an iOS. Oh, well, it's originally an iOS game. I still got it on my iPad. It's kind of cute because you'll you'll you, you fire off your your party members. You kind of fire them at the other guys. That's how they attack. Is when they run into an enemy. But the way you fire them or the way you send them on their way to charge towards an enemy is you press you touch on them with your finger holding your finger down you pull back their tentacles like a rubber band and then you let him go and so they'll go shooting off and then they'll they'll go shooting off and hit the enemies or other obstacles in their way like uh pinballs uh like a pinball machine uh one of the neat mechanics of that game is uh is if an enemy is close to the edge of like a pit or something you can very easily knock him into the pit and watch him fall to his death of course if you miss um or you just you know figure out the angle incorrectly you yourself can end up in said pit and that'll be a ko so uh yeah it's actually they've actually got a a sequel on the uh, like a western theme sequel on the ios uh yeah yeah really kind of a cutesy rpg not enough for me to stick with it the entire way but um, the hell do you put a squid into the Wild West? It, you know, it's very interesting. It's, um, yeah, you just have to play it. There's no other, uh, yeah, there's no other way. And I guess it would take the Wii U because it really is, uh, you know, made for touch controls. Um, uh, yeah, or 3DS I, in this case because it's like both. Mm. 
Yeah, as long as you can touch the screen, I suppose. Yeah, that it would be. I I don't know how you would translate that to a controller because you are touching them and pulling them back, and it's that tactile feel. If you pull them back a little bit, they'll just go off a little bit. Pull it, pull it back really far, and they'll do a full attack. There's action points involved, so it is. I mean, it's pretty. It's a tactical turn-based deal. Um, The more you pull them back, and the you know the harder they go, uh, the more uh, action points they'll use up. The healer even heals with this mechanic to get her to heal somebody else. You got to pull her back, and she has to hit your pals. And what's really funny is if you hit her during your, you know, during another character's turn, he'll get healed. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, I'm gonna touch and get healed. It's it's cute. It's original. It's definitely something okay. I hadn't played before. All right, I'll look forward to it. It's not supposed to be terribly long. Maybe I. I will have a review of it by the time we record again. Interesting note on that one. I think it's actually the first Nintendo game with some form of cross-buy. Yes. Hmm. So, that should be <laughs> Although, interesting. interesting enough, it doesn't have cross-save, so... Well, <laughs> Nintendo, it's, it's Nintendo baby steps, <laughs> baby steps into the 21st century. Scott right? is right, yeah. I think, honestly, that's probably probably the second biggest hang-up for me not getting a Wii U. Is It just drives me bananas that they can't get purchasing tied down to an account, you know, the way it should be and not the hardware. I'm always worried about my 3DS failing and what the bleep would I do about getting my, my games back that I had downloaded through the store. That just, everything I read on forums make that look like a very uncomfortable process where if it's my PSP or something, I just get another one. I sign in with my PSN account and I deactivate the old device online and download the games again. Yep. Oh man, we you, you, you just reminded me that last weekend I played with my friend on Mario Kart 8 no online at all. We just played two-player split screen, and I made the mistake of putting Wario on a motorcycle, so I got to look at his fat purple butt the whole time. <laughs> that would be cute. We totally were playing Mario Kart 8 with my nephews today. My littlest nephew is absolutely atrocious at video games, but he likes to remind us, like, five minutes and he'll start singing a song and going his own way, which is not around the track. And then he wonders why he comes last every time. Gets really upset about it and just doesn't doesn't figure it out. Meanwhile, do... he's singing us a song. <laughs> yeah, we need to do more RPG cart. Yes, we do. RPG cart is so much fun. It really is. I am absolutely atrocious at Mario Kart. What is but... this RPG cart you speak of? So basically, RPG cart. For those of you that do not know, is RP gamer people will play Mario Kart with peeps. So you know, if you have a Wii U. You know, and you want to hang out and chat with us and play Mario Kart, you can. And all you have to do is you have to have a Wii U and you have to have Mario Kart 8. And then anyone can list on the forums when they want to play. And then we all try to make a date, hang out, play some Mario Kart, and it's awesome. But no Severin... cro- but no smack talk because uh, Nintendo. Yeah, but Severin is really, really good at Mario Kart. So I quite... won one race out of about 20. Well... <laughs> Let's face it, we all got our butts whipped by Chicken God on the forums. Yeah. He he kind of kicks everybody's butt, but he, you know what? He's so sweet about it, too. Like, he's just so nice. At the same time, you're just kind of like, ah, I am, I'm I terrible. I've twice. A whole two times, but no. I like Baby Rosalina. She's kind of my favorite. Nobody messes with Baby Rosalina. Nobody puts her in a corner. I sucked with her, but I, I only played the game for a couple hours. Did you at least put her in the kitty cat cart? Because that's kind of funny. I don't remember what I put her in. We were busily unlocking things all over the place and constantly trying out new cars. My other nephew's kind of a psycho. He actually memorizes where all of like the shortcuts are and how the map, how each course is laid out, and it drives me absolutely ballistic. 
It's like, dude, we just want to play Mario Kart. And in Scott and I's case, we play bumper cars. Because it's more fun to hit each other while playing Mario Kart than it is to actually race. <laughs> it's, it's true. Or use power-ups to hit each other, because half of those are just lame. It's true. One day, I'm just going to set a game up where it's all bananas. <laughs> Why just would because. you do that? <laughs> fun. Actually, that would be great. I'd like that. Yeah. Uh, um and what am, what am I twenty one hours into Spicoden five now and I like not still hasn't given me the you're a star of destiny speech this is astounding wow um yeah Spicoden five takes a while to get its crap together it's partially why I don't like it as much as the other games but I'm a weirdo who is perfectly okay with four so I don't At least know you don't have to fight a tree it's true we don't have to fight a tree but Spicoden five gives you a different piece of BS which is like, I think it's the second last dungeon of the game or the last dungeon of the game it is the most horrendously designed does, uh, dungeon I have ever encountered in a game and I remember playing it, I remember being stupidly overpowered when I finished that game because of that dungeon to the point where the final boss, which is a giant moth died in about three turns so I was not happy <laughs> On the other hand, I do like Lucretia. She is pretty awesome. And has, like, green hair. Gotta have green hair. She does? Mm-hmm. Gotta have if you look, blue If hair. you look very closely, she has blonde hair, and then she's got green streaks in it. Okay. okay. My TV must not be that good. Yep. I don't like her servants, though. They kind of annoy the crap out of me. Yeah. Lucretia's perfect. No, she's not. Lucretia's great. Because that's all they say. Yeah, it is. I like Lucerina. She's cool. There are things but, about but it. Yeah, I, I, th- like. I think we'll have plenty of time to talk about this next time. Indeed. Um, Any, yeah. Anything else on your mind uh, there, Mister Mike? Well, there's this cute Robert Mitchum very short interview that he gave to a high school girl in the fifties. Do you have any hobbies, Mister Mitchum? Yes, I do. Well, what would you say is your principal hobby? Hunting. Well, what do you hunt in particular? Poontang. I never heard of that. Well, elusive furry little animal. We're getting a little little R-rated here, Mike. <laughs> that's, a, that's a little salty for uh, for our content rating. In any case, well, I will say you're confused and uncomfortable. It stuck with me. Uncom- I am now uncomfortable. Thank you. That was entirely my purpose. Good, good. You succeeded. Yep, everybody's night has been ruined. Excellent. Uh, sad face. Sad, sad face. face. Any <laughs> anything else, Mister Mickey? Not right now. Miss mm, Marshmallow. I'm gonna make this quick because I'm sleepy. I reviewed two games recently. One that crashed on me sixty times. Nice. Got a five, didn't it? And I finished it. I completed the piece of crap. Just to say I did, because I apparently hate myself. Uh, and then I finished a game that was actually much better called Battle Princess of Arcadia, which was really good, except for the part where I gave it a three, but I still had a lot of fun with it. It was a very difficult game to review. Let's just put it that oh, way. Oh, because you know what? I was I was kind of – I watched some YouTube videos of it, thought it looked kind of interesting since I enjoyed uh, – was it Odin Sphere? Uh, <laughs> but uh, but then saw – I went to – I saw that you reviewed it. I went to your review – 
uh, I decided not to read the review and just look at the score. Saw three out of five, said meh, and then to didn't buy it. Okay, Battlefront is one of those games where I don't recommend it at the price that they have it mm. because um, it's got interesting ideas, um, but it's not worth the frustration of getting to the stage where you're so stupidly overpowered that you just steamroller everything. Like, you know, it's funny. Um, when I usually rate a game unbalanced, it's usually because I'll hit like a difficulty spike or a couple difficulty spikes that just feel out of place. In this game, it gets an unbalanced rating because all your problems are solved by grinding. And since you level up stupid fast in this game, you can be at 99, you know, mostly by the time you're done. I know I was. I was pretty close. Um, and I just was able to steamroller everything. Bosses were a little tricky, but again, bosses, it was the same thing. If you had lots of items and brute force, you usually could beat them, which to me is not fun. The game started out really fun. And I think it was about the last four hours when it got so samey like part of the the trick of the, this game is it's got three modes of play um and the biggest fault of this game is the fact that the modes of play are balanced so mm. like you'll have red flagged combat sections blue flag sieges which are the boss fights and uh yellow flagged skirmishes so you'll get lots of combat like the game is probably about 70 percent combat the skirmishes i don't know let's see this yep. is going to be funny. And then the leftovers are the, the sieges. The sieges are actually the most fun, at least in my opinion, because it's very fun to walk up to a boss, whack it, whack it, whack it. You get a split second for when the shield goes down, and then you keep whacking it. And you hopefully try to, like, tip it in your favor sort of thing. And the bosses, you know, they have crazy reach or have crazy attacks, so you have to kind of be really fast about how you would dodge their attack. Hmm. Some action going on there. Beating stuff up and that sort of thing. Um, it's not a bad game at all. Like, of the Nisa games I've played in, in recent years, this is one of the better ones. If anything, you know what? You play it for the fact that the dialogue is pretty funny. Um, and the art style is actually quite wonderful. I really do like the design of the game. Um, also, there is a king who happens to be a goose. Um, and he gives you a mission to save the ducks and the gooses because he doesn't want them to be turned into Peking duck or Peking goose. And he's kind of adorable. I kind of And the him. fact that he is king or the fact that he can talk is never addressed. Nope. <laughs> but it, he's it's... just the king and he's a goose. How where where did geese fit into the lineage? I don't know. Is he your dad because you're a battle princess? Game doesn't tell me. I just <laughs> wanted to explain, goose. Explain yeah, it's not happening. Never mm. explains, huh? No, but you know what? It doesn't really matter. Um, like I said, I enjoyed it. Like I'm, I had a hard time rating the game because it was always waffling between the three, three, five, and I settled for the three just because the problems in my head kind of outweighed what made it fun. Especially because towards the end, it really got super unfun. Um, and that's how I kind of work when I'm reviewing. It's like up five points or down five points. <laughs> <laughs> depending on how the progress is made. Um, Gr Grincia, I really should have gave a one to, but it actually had, like, two little enjoyable aspects, and it also wasn't a freaking eyesore. Time and eternity. Hmm. But who knows? Maybe I'll have to play another Chemco game in the future, because Mac hates me. No. Or, I hate, or I hate myself, depending on the situation. Man, this shit sandwich factory keeps giving me shit sandwiches. 
But I should Shut check up. everyone. I'm, this I'm is a recurring you know, issue. There, there are a lot of different flavors shit can come in. You know, it's just a thing. You know, it happens. Other than that... I, I'm, I'm reminded like... of that South Park episode where Cartman was trying to pick exactly what kind to smear on the walls. <laughs> yes, yeah. the, there are definitely some particular types of head bashing we do at RP Gamer that I, I, I don't necessarily get why we keep doing. I just have this innate problem that um, I like to see the majority of the games reviewed. It's just a problem I have. Um, I've always had this problem. I've tried to get better over the years. Like, I couldn't finish Mugen Soul Z. I've, I've tried. I've, I've tried to play it. It's not that it's a bad game. It's just more of it does way too much and it hurts my brain because it does way too much. It's a very overwhelming game to play. Wheels should have played it. You would have loved it. <laughs> too many systems. I don't like games with a bajillion systems because that's just dumb. And they rarely... They rarely works good when there's too many systems going on at once. Yeah. Oh, Idea Factory. Will you That's ever cool. stop sucking? No. 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 Again, their Otome games are fantastic. Why? Because they are straightforward. I'm a pretty girl, and I want to date the boys. And Sweet Fuse is, like, the best Idea Factory game I've ever played. I think Which I actually got you much. to... No, actually, it's fantastic. I think, Alex, did I not get you to play it? Yeah, I played it. Because it was actually kind of hilarious. <laughs> yeah, Must have been different writers than the ones for that other game I played. Oh, well, yeah. that's, That was not entertaining in the different story. Different localization. Um, the Otome games have such a different treatment from the RPGs. I can't tell you why. I just know what? that Axis has a lot of fun localizing them, and the dialogue in those games are really funny for the most part. Axis does a very good job with visual novels. I think really also helped. I think it's also sort of a different team that develops the Atomic games and the things. So they're starting off with a completely different source material yeah, in the well. first place. Any... Ow. Go ahead. No, guess not. No, she was there and then she left. Um, okay. Did everyone get a chance? I think everyone got a chance. Yeah. So, uh, so I found that phone number. If you want to call and leave us your slot, your uh, your. Uh, Mm, your best uh, best attempt to slaughter the name of Suikoden Tai Crease or whatever. Uh, you can do so. Uh, you can call that in at 801-810-5597. Again, that's 801-810-5597. Alternatively, you can always record an MP3 and mail it to JC Servant at cyberlightcomics.com because that RP Gamer address just gets way too much spam. Uh, let's see here. Uh, for my side, I will remind all of you to go check out rpgamer.com. They're the ones who so graciously allow us to do this crazy show every few weeks. Uh, we got a lot of articles up, aside from uh, somebody named Sam Marshmallow reviewing some silly game called Battle Princess of Arcadius uh, that she may or may not just uh, spoke about. Uh, I was very interested to see our very own Michael Cunningham take on Borderlands 2 on the Vita. That game's been getting a lot of poor reviews um, by the critics. So go and check out Mr. Cunningham's view because he offers a different perspective. And then we discuss that a little bit further on our forum. So you might want to go and, and check that out. Uh, we've got uh, uh, we've got our Battle Royale now that's going to be moving into its final uh, round here, I believe, right? Well, the quarterfinal. No, we're, called. We're, take, we're taking a break here. And then it's quarterfinal. But by the time this goes up, quarter- no sem- semifinals. Semifinals. Okay. Yeah, we're done with quarterfinals. Right. I, I always get so confused by these things. So yeah, 
you might want to go check that out. So all that so much more. We've also got the RPG cast and the active topical banter. Uh, you know something about that, don't you, Scott? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know something about that. I, I, I stare at these little blue bars, and at the end of it, I push the upload button, and some people like it, and then some people tell me that, you know what, all that effort you put into it, that's meaningless. I'd rather read it for the gist. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry to be so glib about transcription services, but I like this medium. So if your, your response to me putting out audio is that I'd rather read it, you have completely missed the point, and I'm not interested in talking to you. Um, what was the last it's, show? It's almost like one of the people foremost on that bandwagon is somebody who has uh, done a very good job of saying a lot of questionable things on this site. Yeah. I mean, don't like as much as, well, this guy, there is part of me that says, oh, that guy voted for it. That means it's probably a bad idea. I have to stop and think. Is like, no, is it worth it? Oh no, it's still kind of a bad idea. Uh, I believe your uh, the last act, active topical banter had something to do with uh, buzzwords. Yes, we were. Well, it started out uh, in my head as a thing about game design, but it turned into marketing buzzwords with a little bit about game design, which is fine. <laughs> And uh, I was, um, I'll, I'll double check right now. When I was checking my, I was checking uh, my podcast uh, app on my Apple device, and I don't know if I saw number five on there or not. Let me double check because I could see number four. Oh, there it is. Nope, it's there now. It's downloading. It wasn't there earlier today. You snuck it in, didn't you? Ha ha. You're clear. No, no. Maybe, maybe Apple just I, got around to approving you. I. I it, it is purely on Apple's end. I put I put a time in on the RSS, which is usually, you know, six at night, the day I upload it. And then Matt, sometimes it works and sometimes it takes some time. I don't know. Hmm. So yes. Apple's ways are mysterious. Don't ask me about them. <laughs> So you can check that out on our website and download the MP3 directly uh, along with our other podcasts that I mentioned, including this one. You can also pull those on your uh, favorite iOS device pretty easily through the iTunes uh, podcast store. And that's or what I do. Or you could just use an RSS feed like or a human. <laughs> RSS feed. So um, as far as uh, I'm still plugging away on Final Fantasy V, uh, we've moved on to Dragon Warrior Two and my little retrospective RPG trek that I'm doing. Uh, my brother and I have been getting together on Fridays and or Saturday nights and just chatting with each other while we're playing through uh, Dragon Warrior to get that uh, perspective. So that's been pretty fun. And I've been talking a little bit about that on the uh, forums as well, so you can check that out. Yes. No, no, they have I put them on Whoa. Um, about 20 minutes. Right here. Um, yeah. So another thing, uh, I just think I, I do a quick little plug for the uh, the Vita because um, you know the more I spend time well, with you, you know you you know you're going to get Max Storm's approval for that to plug the Vita. Yeah, why? Because he loves it so much. Did you not know that? Yeah, he adores it, and, and you know the more I spend time with him, I mean, yeah, Borderlands too being on there and seeing his positive reviews certainly helps. But you know, actually, uh, I've been farting around a little bit with the PSP. Um, stuff that was, uh, you know, a lot of those PSP games were in the PSN store that you could download and play on your PSP. And then for a while, they had that whole PSP Go thing 
that really didn't caught on. I did have one friend who got a PSP Go, and he he adored it. He, I would I had too many discs at the time, and they never did set up a program to where yeah, you own this disc, we can give you a discount, or we can get you the uh, the electronic version for free, or anything like that. So for me, there was just no way. My library of discs was just uh, too large. I wasn't going to make that jump. But um, he had more disposable income, so he sold off his disc or took him to GameStop or whatever the whatever he did, bought the PSP Go and bought a whole bunch of games downloaded. And he was always praising it, but I just kept rolling my eyes. Now that I got a Vita, uh, what games I have uh, bought on or gotten one way or the other through the PSN store, including my PSP ones, like Final Fantasy 7 through 9, I bought those through the store. Those did not come out on disc, um, which those are actually PlayStation 1 games. But uh, yeah, they look they look pretty good on the, they scale pretty well on the uh, Vita. And it's pretty neat having those on the go. So, I mean, Jeez, and then we're getting, you know, we've been getting some games lately on there. Um, Borderlands, uh, I believe Trapped is on there, which is kind of not really a role playing game per se, but um, you set up traps, it's dungeony, and you set traps. Oh, you traps. mean uh, Deception 2? Deception 4, sorry, Trapped okay, was the Deception last 4. one in the series. Yeah, my brain's still on the PlayStation 2. Uh, yeah, Deception 4, which looks pretty cool. Uh, just some weird, quirky yeah. Demon Gaze, just some weird, quirky RPG like. Uh, and Demon Gaze. Are you playing that? I effing hated that game. Did I gave you? it to Will. Not into it. Ew. Let's put it this way. Immediately when they gave me panty-clad 12-year-old, <laughs> I was like, done. Uh, I just wasn't into it. Like I just found it disgusting in so many different ways. A lot of the dialogue just kind of made me go, wow, we're back to time and eternity. Nope. Nothing mm. wrong with like the dungeon crawlery part. Like That was serviceable, but pan- panty-clad 12-year-old, no thank you. Ah, I was just kind of gazing over some of the reviews real fast. No, yeah. pe- people praise it. That's the thing. It, it's good at what it does. It, it just truthfully rubbed me completely the wrong way. And uh, Alex, didn't you review a Vita RPG not too long ago? Alex might have already left. Um, yeah. yeah. Mine zero. He, uh, he mine zero. zero. Oh, I was fighting at clicking the meat button. Ah. <laughs> mine zero. It was a thing you yeah. reviewed. Yes. What did, what did you think of that? It was okay. I mean, it was yeah, it was decent enough. It's very straightforward dungeon crawler, not Persona, despite everyone trying to claim that it is. It just wanted to be Persona. No, I think everyone else wanted it to be Persona, and it sort of it had it wasn't trying to be Persona at all. It just had some similarities. Yeah, it had similarities in the sort of setting and overall premise, but no. <laughs> but it was it was pretty decent. I mean. It's, so okay, it, so it so looks like the first attempt at something. So 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 far, Phil's not doing such a great job of what he set out to do to begin with, which was to sell the Vita as an awesome handheld device. Well, and no, no, no. <laughs> so, uh, Hold on, plenty... there are good Vita games. But I was about to say we need to quickly change this conversation to the real persona. Well, that's the thing. Oh, Romper is so good. Um... Oh, jeez. But and you uh... know what? You haven't played the Atelier games. Well, guess what? The whole Ireland trilogy is. Now on your Vita. There you go. Persona um, Persona 3 Portable, Persona 4 Golden. You can play, of course, Persona 4 Golden's Vita. Persona 3 Portable is 20 bucks on the PSN store. Uh, so that's on there. The older Persona games are, which, but I don't really wholeheartedly recommend the older ones unless you're a really tough dungeon-crawling person. I'm going to uh, have to suck it up Buttercup and try uh, Innocent Sin. It's, um, it's a tough one from what I understand. Um, see, I thought I played... Awesome. I was going to say, I think I played the tough one. Mm. Remember I told you about my experience with Persona 1? Mm-hmm. I didn't I find do. Innocence in too bad. 
No, everyone's told me innocence is actually not punishing. It's eternal punishment that actually is punishing. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, we'll see. <laughs> I'm going to at least give it a college try. I think my problem is I'm going to be all SMT'd out because I've been playing um, Devil Survivor 2 and I'm actually almost done. Like I'm one fight away from the last day. One fight. <laughs> so, and the last day is pretty long, is it? Well, it, I, it's not necessarily long, but it's brutal. Atelier Ruru, Atelier Rurona, Atelier Totori, all $40 each. Um, You know what? You can ca- They've been on sale a lot more recently. Not Rurona because that just came out. But uh, the other two, they had that really fancy pants. Yay, we like Japanese game sale, and they were uh, mm. they're about I think fifteen each. It is Tecmo Koei, so you know they don't really do like a dollar. You know. No, you're not gonna get for it. No, uh, Crimson Gym Saga. I heard that's pretty good. That was not a bad game. Mm. I actually I did finish that one. It was. I remember Adrian... Glenn reviewed that and didn't think it was bad. Oh, Glenn didn't review it. It was Adrian. Oh. I must be thinking of something else. Glenn, Glenn reviewed a couple interesting gems on the PSP. Dude, um, they've got every Final Fantasy on here, all mm-hmm. from one to frickin' X two. Literally Wait, every single one. One you got Origins, which is one and two. You got three, four. Jeez, uh, but it's not. Is it not for the complete edition? But they got five, six, seven. Yeah, there's eight, and there's uh, there's good old nine. Wow, it's amazing. And then, of course, 10 and 10 is on the Vita. So, yes, it's really a crazy RPG machine, I'm telling you. Very and it's nifty. Gonna do, it's going to have the exact same legacy as the PSP. It will be the RPG machine. Yeah. And There's it's... still more coming. That's the thing. Um, if you look at the leftover part of the coverage for the rest of the year, uh, a good chunk of it is Vita and PlayStation 3. Yeah, if you never... PC, there's always lots of PC releases, but there's a surprising number of, uh, of Vita titles on the list. Yeah, and if you haven't, if you never got into the PSP, so much of that, so much of that catalog is available on the Vita through the well, PSN the store. Thing, like, um, you know, we just got another PSP game, you know, last week, uh, End of Serenity. Um, you know, we're still getting Trails in the Sky Chapter Two, which is going to be on both PC and PSP. So, oh, nice. um, you know, that's there is still things coming, believe it or not, because people want them. I don't know about Ends of Serenity, but I do know people want Trails in the Sky Chapter 2. I hate the combat system for that series, but I will still play it because the story is that damn good. Mm. But yeah, there, there's quite a bit. Like, there's quite a bit of Vita and quite a bit of PS, PS3, so you know what? Like, there's stuff to be excited for. That's uh, pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think we'll uh, go ahead and wrap that, call that a wrap. Uh, just a reminder, of course, because the lawyers make us do it. Uh, RP Gamer, RP Gamer, oh my God, see it is late. RPG Backtrack is a production of RPGamer.com, your source for news, reviews, and home to the best gaming community on the net. As I mentioned before, you can check out all kinds of reviews, news, and other po- other podcasts that we produce all over at RPGamer.com. A huge thanks to uh, my my co-host here, Mr. Minky, who makes this happen, and of course our guest tonight, who we're able to go into such detail about Mass Effect. Because, um, yeah, it would have been a very short show without you. It would have been me just talking about how I drove off the cliff in my Mako machine. So, uh, as a reminder, just uh, shoot us off any comments that you need uh, that you would like to over at our forums, or write me at jcservant at cyberlightcomics.com, and we'll get it right on the net. 
or tweet me at JC Servant. Mr. Meeky, you want us to put us to sleep? Uh, I feel like watching something Star Trek now. <laughs> oh, jeez. Just don't watch Star well, Trek 5 after that link you sent me from Siskel well, and remember, Ebert. Remember, any Star Trek movie where they sing is terrible. It's bad. Very bad. Oh, come now. I always longed to hear the musical version of Star Trek V where they really go into full instrumentation on Row, Row, Row Your Boat. Ooh, that's that- what we should do. Okay, let's close out the show by doing Row, Row the Boat. Okay, I'll start off. Row, Row, Row Your Boat Gently Down the Stream Merrily... One of y'all supposed to jump, jump in at some point there.